You're listening to the audio version of the Geek Apocalypse podcast, brought by yours truly, Mr. Resident Geek, Stephen Hesse. We are available on iTunes, as well on www.geekapocalypse.com. Broadcast live and exclusively from Newcastle, England, in good old UK. We also have a YouTube account, which is www.youtube.com forward slash geekapocalypse, where we'll be, we will be uploading all the videos from our podcast, as well as from Twitch. Speaking of Twitch, we are also just starting a Twitch account, which you can find at www.twitch.tv forward slash geekapocalypse, where you can follow us to find out all the streaming we will be doing on said site. Also, you can, if you want to know everything that we're absolutely up to, you can follow us on Twitter, which is at geek underscore apocalypse. Thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy being a geek. Hello everybody and welcome along to episode 90 of the Geek Podcast Podcast with yours truly Mr. Stephen Hesse But who else would it be? It's my podcast unless it's being kidnapped Guys, call somebody, this is an imposter No it's not because he's got the same voice unless he's a very good impressionist But who will know? But you'll just have to trust me that it is the real person uh, And it'll be because it'll take him so friggin' long to start an introduction You'll be like, yes it must be the real Steven. But hello, everybody. Welcome along to the Geek Podcast Podcast. If this is your first time, hugely welcome. Uh, please do uh, subscribe if you like said show uh, on iTunes and uh, obviously, and also at UK Podcasters, being that we're a UK-based podcasting, that would help as well. Um, but this episode is episode 90, which I always kind of like. I'm flabbergasted by the fact I've done 90 of these shows. And I'm super, super proud of them. And uh, I've been saying that since episode 80. So I clearly need to get over the fact that I podcast. But that's not your problem. That's mine. But uh, yeah, this episode, it was awesome. It was with Clive Burrell, who is from uh, Some Kind of Star Trek, which is a blog review of Star Trek-related content at skost.com, uh, which is either a dyslexic person to say it's not, which is why I brought it up. But yeah, so uh, we talk about Star Trek... Um, uh, all the other spin-offs we talk about it growing up what kind of stuff we liked how our family were into it and uh, we have a nice back and forth we debate certain things about related to Star Trek we also uh, broaden out to Babylon 5 Star Stargate a bunch of stuff in the 90s that I grew up with he was not that far age difference to me so we talked about Quantum Leap uh, very so that like it was a really really cool back and forth thing where and it was really really funny and easy to do so huge thank you to Clive for doing it and I do urge you to check out his blog uh, and we are part of FCD events which is how I got to know him we're doing a media event for that event uh, which is at April 2016 in Telford International Centre uh, if you want more information on that go to FCD just type in FCD events or FCD 2016 you'll find it on any uh, Google search engine so we're going to be doing media for that which is awesome in terms of upcoming guests John Kavalak is going to be on hopefully in a month or so as well as Brian Alvarez from Wrestling Observer but the next one is a hosted one with Wayne live on Twitch on Friday at 8pm but this is episode 90 with Clive Burrell enjoy
welcome along to uh, Geek Pop, this pop with that podcast, episode 90, like in hell, 90 episodes, what the hell's going on? <laughs> I always feel like really rather shocked that uh, I've done like 90 episodes and I'm like, holy hell, and then I realise like, yeah, I've done this for ages, of course I know, uh, but welcome along, thanks guys, uh, sorry about the lag. Uh, if you have any issues coming in, welcome to Twitch and the beauty of what Twitch is like. Uh, but thank you to the people who are watching this right now with the affiliates and whatnot. Um, uh, thank you so much for checking out the podcast. I'm going to get rid of the... Um, that's a very long outro. I probably picked not the best song to start with, but there you go. <laughs> but uh, thank you so much. As I say, this is episode 90. My name's Stephen. If you haven't watched the podcast before, this is a live podcast that we do live on Twitch. Uh, and then we uploaded it up to YouTube. We've done a bunch of these on Twitch with some uh, great, great guests from Wooten Games or Wutan Games. I know I get that wrong. I've been I got abused about that on Twitter. Uh, we also did it with um, Star Trek Axana uh, with Alec Peters. We did Ryan Day, Anna Kale. Um, so we've done a bunch of really, really cool podcasts uh, with a bunch of really great guests. And this is no different. Uh, for those that know, uh, we did a really, really. Uh, gr- great podcast with fcd event guys uh and they asked us to be part of media uh for um fcd 2016 and we've become part of a really cool little media group who are going to be doing that event uh and uh we got chatting and so we're going to do a bunch of crossover stuff uh we've already done some with the engage podcast and we're going to be on their podcast actually with this guest as well uh, as it sounds like and um, it's really, really cool because you get the opportunity to talk to people who are massive Star Trek fans like me. Although I hear Clive, who's our O today's guest, have you, if you read his profile, has some sort of issue with Voyager. And considering I have a Voyager tattoo, I sense there's going to be some war. <laughs> there's going to be a, there's going to be a little bit of fifty cups, but also in a good, nice debate way. I, I hope. But uh, without further ado, as I mentioned, uh, this episode is with a guy who does. Uh, some kind of Star Trek, which is an awesome, um, uh, an awesome uh, blog uh, review website. Um, what's that? Is are you listening to something, Clive? Because there's something. Uh, there's some feedback happening here. Is um, there? Yeah, no, I'm not listening to anything. <laughs> okay, there's some feedback. Be interesting. I'll tell you what. Anyway, uh, but anyway, without further ado, hello, Clive. <laughs> Good evening. Good evening. Um, but yeah, um, I can hear something in your in the background of you. Can you guys hear that in chat? So I want to let people know. Is that any better? I don't know. There's some sort of feedback I'm hearing, which only just started literally about a minute ago. That's weird, because um, there's nothing at this end. Ooh, that, that's slightly less, whatever you did there. Ooh, okay. No, I've you not guys hear that? that? I can hear like a buzzing. But anyway, false start. Uh, but yeah, that's that's slightly... That's I can hear that in my headphones, so I'm like worried we can hear it. But um, No, I'm not saying I've not got anything... Yeah. Can you guys see yeah, it? might just be my headphones, I suppose. Uh, uh, uh. Apparently so. <laughs> I don't know. Let's see if I can hear it in the... No, I'm can you guys hear that? I can hear like a buzzing. But anyway, false start. Uh, but yeah, that's that's slightly... That's, I can hear that in my headphones, so I'm like... It could be a fan on a PC from their end or a kettle boiling, according to chat. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, there's a kettle boiling. Hang on, let's check. No, there's no kettle <laughs> boiling. It might be that it could be a cup of my laptop fan. I'm not sure. This happened last time. Uh, there was a lap there that the the fan got picked up. Um, the fan oh, got wow. picked up on uh, on uh, when we did with Bhutan games. But yeah, I can hear that quite strongly. Um, it's weird. No idea. See if I can check. Is is it coming from me? 
Well, as usual, the video podcast has technical issues. It always does. That's excellent. How we doing? I've changed that sentence, but that's I can I can still hear it. Sounds like a bad. It sounds like a bad connection to me. How about that? No, it's still the same. I can still hear a background noise. Um, that doesn't sound like a fan to me. No, there's nothing here. Seriously, there is nothing. What uh, what what are you what, what uh, mic are you using? What microphone are you using? Just the one on the just the one on the PC. Okay, so it might be might be uh, it might be picking up um it might be picking up that your your fan then if you're using like a a thingy mic. Okay. But it's not terrible. It's not terrible. I mean, I can hear you okay. Um, okay. I might be able to get rid of it and edit as well. So it's not it's not terrible. Well, there's nothing we can do about it if that if that's the case. Anyway, right. Let's just persevere. It's it's not terrible, guys, is it? Um, from what you from what you can gather, um. This will this will be edited out in the audio version. <laughs> so yeah, apologies guys, but yeah, um, I don't know what that is. Yeah, if that's your fan, if that's your fan, is it sentient? Um, <laughs> is it about to become a life form? Cube, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, it really does sound like that. that yeah, it really does sound like it's uh, regenerating right now or something. Yeah, or as uh, as Gadder have pointed out, you're making some sort of uh, tea right now. Uh, <laughs> no, I've, I've already got. I've already... I've already got my tea. Yeah, that's good. You're gonna you're gonna need it. You're gonna need it with an hour an hour and a half of talking. Yeah, that's fine. That's but fine. cool. Anyway, we'll per- we'll persevere. It's not terrible. I mean, I can hear it on my headphones, but it might be it might just be a background noise. I'm I'm hoping. Okay. Um. But anyway, anyway, moving on. So, hello, Clive. Welcome to the show. Thank you for so much for doing Hi. episode ninety. Uh, I really, really do appreciate it. Um. And uh, obviously, as I touched on, you do some kind of Star Trek, which is in its third yeah. year, I believe. Third year, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So obviously, with having your banner uh, above 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 your uh, above your um, your camera, I, I suppose the best place, yeah, <laughs> ding, <laughs> is to uh, is to is to talk about. You know, I haven't mentioned it being for three years. So, how did it originally yeah. sort of start? I guess is the best opening opening. Yeah. Um. So I I've been a fan pretty much all my life. Um. My dad was the one who got me into it back in the eighties, and kind of my life kind of went on and, and things happened and, and I lost ch- touch with Trek sort of um, after about 2001. I kind of watched Enterprise but wasn't really a massive fan and, and my interest kind of waned. Mm-hmm. Pretty much everything else happened up until the JJ films. Uh, and then I just kind of got back into it and I just started watching some episodes and I started buying the DVDs again yeah. and, and my interest picked up and I'd got a quite a big collection anyway. And then I thought, let's start doing some episode reviews and thoughts on episodes mm-hmm. so i did a piece on uh tng's disaster from mm-hmm. the fifth season and then i thought i can do a book review so i did a book review and then i thought i'll write about my thoughts on this and then i wrote some stuff on that and then i write about a, one of the the uh, into darkness trailers was one of the first opinion pieces mm-hmm. and then it kind of went from there and suddenly i was doing things that i wanted to write about and episode reviews and right. i was doing product reviews and it just it just kind of escalated from there mm-hmm. to become what it what it's become today mm-hmm. so am i right in saying the the what was the first series you got into was it the original uh yeah so it would have been the original and i was about six i think wow. as i remember uh, yeah. I, I i mean this uh a bit platonically but you really don't look that old <laughs> um, um like i'm not you, taking any guesses but yeah you, I'm, god I'm, if you were oh, i don't even I mean, I, I, let's I was, not let's not do the calculations to make him feel worse but um <laughs> i won't give you the i won't give you the the, the calculations but i was six in 1985 there you okay go. 
you so you can work it out from there. I was born the same year Star Trek the Motion Picture came out. Oh, right, okay, so we're referring to the films, obviously. God, yeah, I was going yeah. yeah, to say, surely, <laughs> surely. Yeah, I thought you meant, like, the, like the original 60s, no, and I'm like, no, whoa, no. you... Are no, you- no, no, no. You found the time machine, oh. have you? <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, I, I looked this right. No, I, I watched it in the uh, on the BBC Two shows when they were doing them. Oh, on, of course, uh, yeah. On, yeah, on, yeah. On Wednesday nights, when they kind of just showed random episodes, yeah. and you, you, you started watching them, and you watched them. And it was the first Star Trek is still the first show that I saw in colour on, right. on a TV at home, nice. uh, and it was the Apple from the second. This is really random how I can remember this stuff, <laughs> but it was the, it was the Apple from season two of, of the original series it was the Ooh. first episode of Star Trek. In fact, the first episode of anything that I saw in color. So it's like, whoa, the turbo left doors are red and the seats are black, and, <laughs> and it was it was this onslaught of color, and it was amazing. Um, and that's where it all kind of grew from. It's, it's my dad who got me into it, and, and yeah. you know, it's his fault that I'm doing this now, <laughs> so I blame him. It's funny, it's funny you say that because, you know, when everyone ever asked me how Geek Apocalypse started, I mean, there's a, yeah. there's a multitude of reasons, but but that's something I want to touch on because I always say that, you know, part of being a geek in the sense, or a Trekkie, whatever you want to describe yourself yeah. as, is, uh, you know, being, being an, a, a fan of something and appreciating it, is that you often, it's the influence that your parents watch because my dad... Yeah. Growing up, from from my point of view, like I was a huge Red Dwarf fan because Red Dwarf, for example, was one of the few shows we'd all watch together. Uh, Star yeah. Trek wasn't because my sister wasn't that into it, but um, but but yeah, my um, but yeah, so my dad had control of what was on. His favorite show was Quantum yeah. Leap. I don't know if you're a huge oh, fan. Oh, obviously, oh, that's a oh yes, that's yes. a that's a good transition to obviously to Star Trek because Scott Bakula yeah. went on to do Enterprise. But um, yeah. but yeah, so. The point I'm making is like Stargate and and all and as we touched on with films, you know the Stargate before yeah. it became Stargate SG One, all these bunch of shows that my dad watched w- yeah. were a huge influence on me as a kid because you know I remember four years old. This is the opening statement I did for Geek Apocalypse where I said, you know, the 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 first thing I remember as a child was watching an episode of Red Dwarf and saying, who's why is that guy got a funny face referring to Crichton uh, because yeah. I didn't know what a robot was so. Is that really like from your perspective? Was that like super imperative? That like, like the, was it just your dad, or was you with your how, how was your mom as well? My mum uh, was it was never been a, a Star Trek fan. We dragged her to <laughs> I've dragged her this. Yeah, she resisted it, but it, and it, it was not, it wasn't futile, futile in her case. It wasn't in her case. <laughs> um, so she she uh, we dragged her along so she saw she seen she saw four and five in the cinema she refused she didn't go and see anything beyond that and she saw the jj one in the cinema but it was it was it was my dad's influence and you know i was i'm i'm an only child um so you know i my dad and i kind of had quite a close relationship and he still kind of does things today he came along to to fc3 this year with me and he's coming along next year and he's done some stuff for the site and he's he's a model builder so he's built he built me my first enterprise oh that's kind of awesome so i had there's pictures I'll, I'll find somewhere, but he's, he built me the the Earthle Enterprise uh, in 1980-something mm-hmm. when I was a lot younger. Uh, and then he's kind of built things just due to his own interest. Of, he's built Defiant and Birds of Prey and Vulture Attack Cruises and all sorts of stuff since then. Um, but he's always been that factor that, that got me into it. And then I got him into Next Gen mm-hmm. and into Deep Space Nine. And he's just borrowed all my DS9s to watch them back to back at the moment. So he's got my entire DS9 collection. Because he's now getting into that after some time of not really, not really watching track. Because he kind of was always at work at six o'clock on a Wednesday night when, mm-hmm. when DS Nine was on or Next Gen was on. Uh-huh. Uh, and then now, I'm, kind of tell me about it. it's bizarre. <laughs> it comes around in cycles. Yeah, 
Um, so how do you? Um, sorry, there's a little bit of cut out there, but you're fine now. You're back. Um, but uh, I so you touched on because uh, this is yep. something that's always very very interesting is when especially if you're a fan of the original series or next gen, yep. uh, well even the original series because obviously next gen was a massive, um, you know, a massive. Some would say a gamble because no one expected yeah. it. You know the famous thing that Patrick Stewart said that he didn't expect it to go past the first season. That was famously what his agent said. He's like, "You don't need to worry about it. Um, you don't need to worry about this. This is going to happen." Uh, um, and then, lo and behold, he's like, 15 years later or whatever, he's still doing it in film form. So, um, how did you feel? How did you feel about being an original series and then next gen and, and all the, the the other spin-offs? How did you feel? That they branched it out because it sort of became popular yeah. and everyone wanted to make something um um i mean next gen for me was i think was my series because my dad's was was the original series so when um i was born TNG in 87 out, so it was my you were born in 87 so you yeah. so you, you yeah you just i mean you're a little older than me then mm-hmm. um you wouldn't you wouldn't think you wouldn't <laughs> think it looking <laughs> that's what everyone say I, I think i was born 30 uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, I, I, see, I'm just getting the uh, better better grades going on now. Okay. Um, yeah, so I, I was born in uh, so '87 was so I was uh, I got into to TNG probably in '90 when mm-hmm. it came out '89, '90 when it came to the UK and it was on BBC Two because mm-hmm. in those days you couldn't rely on people you've been able to just download it from the internet or Netflix streaming it or Sky Atlantic showing it the next day or or whatever. Yeah, there was a two to three year wait for it to come over and and and. I, TNG, I really got into from Encounter at Farpoint and, yeah. and loved it. An absolutely amazing series. And, and used to, you know, for me, going to find out what was coming coming up next, you couldn't use the internet. It was going to the newsagent on a Thursday morning and seeing TV Zone or Dreamwatch or um, SFX magazine or whatever, or, or Starlog, as it was back in those days, Starburst, anything like that, and, and getting those magazines and, and just kind of going through going, oh, that's what's happening in season seven. Oh, there's a picture of Riker with a big beard because the, the, there's an episode called Parallels coming up. And that was the kind of exciting. And that was really when I kind of peaked was was probably season seven of Next Gen when that when that started in America. So that would be ninety three, ninety four, was when I really got massively hooked and I was I was searching for as much information as I could. Mm-hmm. And and DS nine came out. Yeah. So I'd I'd loved Next Gen and, and really got into it. And then I kind of watched DS nine the first series and thought, oh my, I, I don't know if I'm going to watch this. Mm-hmm. I really don't know if I can get into this. And and then it just exploded in season two. And, and yeah, I was it's funny. It's funny. I remember when Deep DS9 first came out, and my dad told me about it. And he's like, "Oh, there's a, new, there's a new version of Star Trek out." And my dad was very like, my my dad was really reluctant as well. Like he, he uh, for yeah. some, it, it was, it, it, which is weird because if you think about it, next gen, next gen was was a gamble, and then you, yeah. so you think that would be the one that people were ambivalent about, and then when they make another one, and then the, I guess. You know, with the whole trailer of that it was set in a space station, people kind of just went, that doesn't make sense because the whole idea is exploring the galaxy and yet they're basing yeah. it inside a station that doesn't move. Um, but I still thought it was... I agree with you, but, but what I wanted to touch on, because we, we, we mentioned Next Generation and you said yeah. you were hooked on it from a counter at Farpoint. Um, yeah. I want to know what you think in terms of... Because there's people who, are, who were in Star Trek who have said this. Uh, Will Wheaton's yeah. probably the most... You know, critical of it was that season one just went all over the place, and it was very, it was very because there was a multi different writers, and they would have hadn't yeah. really found their voice yet. That it was, and I, I, I've been rewatching it recently, and I'm up to about like season five, but I, I watched them probably once a year. But um, yeah, but yeah, um, and I, I do. I, when he said that, I watched an interview where he talked about that, and then I looked at it and was like, yeah, 
it, it it's funny he says that because it is kind of it, it is true that they kind of didn't really know what they were doing and there's so nah. many there's so many peace meet missions as well <laughs> do you agree with that like I, every time i watch it i'm going there's so many like they just went to a planet and solved someone else's problem and then leave yeah. it was a very one episode type thing yeah so i'm just interested in what you think in, reg- in regards to series one series one is is next gen trying to be the original series yeah um and and I agree with that. A, it, I'd, I'd almost couple season two with it as well even though it was only 22 episodes so season one and two um didn't have the influence of michael pillar as well and and the the change that you see that and this, this will come back to season one is that, yeah. that season three onwards became pillar's attitude was that the episodes were character based so you wanted to do a wolf story about x or you would do a picard story about y the first two series were, this is a situation, let's put the characters in it and see what happens, which was what the original series kind of did. And they tried to repeat that. And yeah, you do get those kind of one-off stories. So you get a couple of sequels to original series episodes. You get The Naked Time, yeah. which there's only The Naked Now, which is the, the, the sequel of sorts to The Naked Time, but doesn't that they can't use the same solution and they have to work their own thing out at the end. And there are some, there's, there's a lot of tragic stuff in there. There's Justice, there's Code of Honor. There's a lot of really awful kind of episodes where they just didn't know what they were doing and the characters just don't have any flesh on them. There's no there's no substance to anybody in there. You have Loxana Troy who brings up an element of family into that with the with Deanna, but even then Deanna is quite a poor character in that first season. Yeah. Um and yeah, obviously with the, the fact that Yeah, with the fact that they get rid of that 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 Denise Crosby decided to call it a day after twenty one episodes and, and get killed off pretty abysmally in Skin of Evil. Uh which I remember also, watching like, Trying to crowbar in. Can I just come back? I made a terrible mistake. Uh. <laughs> Actually, I, I've got this really great idea, um, and it's, it's great because you you watch you kind of watch Skin of Evil, and and that is it is it a was, shit. She's, she's, it she's is written a shit out really. Yeah, yeah. But I remember watching it as a as a, a you know being eight or nine, and and the following week her name was in the credits, and I was like, oh, she's going to be back. They're going to bring her back because she's still in the credits for the first season, and that's my how a mentality as a as a as a child kind of thought, and and they didn't really know, and the scene it kind of wades into season two okay Riker gets a beard and it starts to look a bit better but there's still that element that they didn't really know what they were doing and and the fact that it got shortened to 22 didn't help um because of the writer's strike yeah. and that could have been the end of the, that could have been the end of it but yeah you're right season one is season one it, there's a lot of trial there's a lot of error there's things that do work conspiracy works beautifully conspiracy is a fantastic episode mm-hmm. with the with the aliens which could have come back and I know in fan fiction they they decided they're an offshoot of the Trill, mm-hmm. which is a really random idea. Um, <laughs> and and the, the the Romulan element of the neutral zone, which was the last episode of the season, was was brilliant. And and there are so many little bits. Data law is is superb. Mm-hmm. And and they run with those better storylines, and they use a lot of sort of the key pieces later on. But the characters just aren't there. There's there's a lot missing, but it. It takes two seasons, but that's the kind of thing that happens with a lot of Trek series, bar probably the original series, is that it takes two series yeah, to yeah. even get get to anywhere. So you have to kind of wade through 48 episodes of mediocrity to get to... <laughs> yeah, it's a bit like when you watch... Uh, I, I struggle to watch like the first sort of 10 episodes of Voyager because that, that, that goes through the same thing because they're kind of just trying to figure out what, what people are doing and, yeah. and what kind of relationship they're going to have because really... Is a good uh, as much of a good idea is uh, that the mark the marquee was and integrating them with the crew and having the rivalry sort of internal rivalry this, going on. This is my issue. This is problem. my issue. <laughs> go on then, go for it. Go on. See this what is you're... my no no. I mean, I I, I you know I, I say with this, the series that that they do um, take a while to get into the, their 
their pace. And Deep Space Nine, you know, it takes two years for Cisco to even get to being a recognisable character. But with Voyager, you're absolutely right. There's this whole thing, and I talked to the, the guys from the Escape uh, from the Engage podcast about this on, on a piece I did with them, and we had quite a big discussion on how could Voyager have been different if they'd have taken a lot of the elements on. And I did a piece on, on Caretaker, mm-hmm. and it's about those things like the marquee that they dropped, um, the fact that they stopped at every flipping cloud and anomaly they could find between like planet A and planet B, which were literally two days travel. And they were travelling always at warp six. Why wouldn't they be in warp nine for most of the time? And I know they've got to regenerate the engines and there's somebody going to be on the chat room going, they needed the power and this stuff like that. I know that. But, but they were always kind of just wandering across the galaxy and hoping that somebody might get them a you know, thousand light years soon. And there's so much stuff that, that Caretaker sets up that they lose within that first season. And it's when you get to episodes like Worst Case Scenario Season 3, um, when they bring the Mackie back and there's that, that kind of what would have happened if the Mackie had taken over the ship yeah. and, and things like Equinox. And you realise what they could have done with that first season. And it is, again, like Next Gen's first season where it's, we're going to put the crew in this situation and we'll just see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and that may have been their way of developing the cast. Yeah. But it doesn't make for a very good season. And there's some great episodes in that first 10. There's, there's um, Emanations, which is superb. Um, Eye of the Needle with the, the, the Romulan through the wormhole, which is yeah. brilliant. But as a whole first season, it, it's, it's quite disappointing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's because I think what ends up happening and stuff like that is, as you say, they kind of they kind of put themselves in a situation where there's a massive amount of opportunity, and then they kind of realise that there's there's almost too much. So they kind of just yeah. instead so instead of like focusing on one aspect of it, they just drop it entirely because it's quite surprising. I mean, obviously, instead of like sort of, I'd say, would it be Suta? Would be probably the only one in Voyager where he he kind of done something remotely, you know, conflicting because even Balana, yeah. like from the beginning who And Seska. Yeah, and Seska obviously, yeah. Um but yeah, but Balana's an interesting one because she is really adamant about being a McKee person and then it's only when they have that episode, which I watched fairly recently, I can't remember the name of it, but when uh when uh Jacote gets a message that it's over and the Maquis done and they cry yeah. about it. And it's like, but that's the only time they've mentioned it in about two seasons or something. And it's like, um, and it's yeah. like, well, hang yeah. on a second. That doesn't make any... Like, um, so they're bothered about it now when they've kind of just... Because it, it almost feels like the way that they haven't mentioned it is that they're going to get back to Earth and then they're just not going to yeah. be bothered about the McKee movement now because yeah, they're not yeah. really McKee anymore. It's it's, it's interesting, but um, there's, there's, so many, there's, there's so many elements to it. I mean, what do you think... Uh, what do you think in relation to 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 next generation? I mean, what did you think they what did they, what did they, what did you think they got right as they, as they sort of progressed through the series? The series, um, the idea that the stories were much more focused on particular characters was was superb, mm-hmm. um, and they it kept that episodic feel, which I know that that perhaps Deep Space Nine and Voyager didn't, and they went in sort of more arc feel, but it was much more about the people and the the. the the story and the, the moral behind it. And, and I've watched a lot of those back now and, and see them in a very different light. And perhaps that's the key with The Next Generation is that you can watch them back 10, 15 years later and you get different things out of them. So yeah. I watched things like The Masterpiece Society, which I didn't really get as a kid. Mm-hmm. And now I get and I understand it. And I think it's a really good episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and things like um, The Outcast, which I thought was... Meh, because it wasn't action orientated. I didn't get it. Um, and, and you start getting the more interesting aspects, the background pieces, you start understanding how the characters are developing, you understand why Worf doesn't give blood to a Romulan because it's against his ethics and it's about who he is as an individual and they get the characters much more as they move through 
admittedly, the last season is like, let's just chuck as many family members as we can and then try and set Voyager up at the same time. Um, but for the whole of, 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 every, of the rest of the series, from maybe three through to the end of six, it is about this group of people and putting them through the situations and seeing how it'll affect them. And, we, and you know, there are times when they, they, they comment on things that have happened to them and what they've done in situations beforehand that have, that have made them the people they are by the end of the series. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely what Next Gen got, right? It, what, it was a character show. It was character-driven. Mm-hmm. Not situation driven, which is is probably where Voyager went. Have you ever seen the? Uh, this was something a friend of our, uh, like a, a friend of our friend of mine who contributes to the Apocalypse, who who sent me a, a video on YouTube that someone did where they put together all the situations where Worf gets re- like gets denied. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, have you seen that? It's so hilarious. It's brilliant. Uh, I, I recommend anyone who's listening to this and watching now that you should go and look at it. Uh, obviously yeah. after the show, but but uh, but yeah, but um, but yeah, it's really really funny because there's a lot of them. Yeah, there's so many times where he just gets angry over sometimes quite nonsequential stuff. He's just like, yeah. I'm adamant, and then everyone's like, no, we're not doing that. And he's like, and he just all of a sudden goes, all right, fair enough. <laughs> but he's, he's a terrible security chief. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> he's a terrible security I know. chief. He's like, he's I don't care. Read. Yeah, yeah, I know. He's, he's just, yeah, he's just. Be, that's such a good point. That yeah, he's just kind of like. He's kind of like, I know that this is meant to be security, but I'm ag- I'm against this, so I'm choosing not to do it. It's like it's terrible. Yeah. Um. He really, yeah. yeah he really, yeah. Uh, that is, that's a very good point. I didn't think of that, but yeah. Um. I mean, what? Who are your sort of? Who are your sort of favorite characters? Because obviously, as someone who, like myself who's watched all of them, what yeah. what sort of characters did you sort of, you know, have some sort of empathy towards? Um, are we talking next gen? Are we talking uh, just in general? Anything? You can cross platform okay. it if you want. Um, so my kind of all time favorite character is, is Cisco, actually from Deep Space oh, Nine. Right, yeah. um, I think the character journey that he has is probably one of the biggest in all of Star Trek. Yeah. Um, from being that kind of builder role, father figure at the beginning, through to really realizing who he is and realizing his potential and becoming a lot stronger character by the end he becomes more of a that preserver and protector role mm-hmm. as we go through the series and, and okay except maybe in the pulmonary like where he goes a little bit mental and mm-hmm. and might do a couple of things that he's not supposed to but you you always know that he's always believing that he's doing the right thing and for the right reasons whether or not it's the right thing to do morally mm-hmm. he he always looks to do the to get the best result at the end of it and i, I kind of appreciated that i also really like martok so I'm, I'm quite a big Deep Space Nine fan. Mm-hmm. And, and another one of my characters' favourite is, is, is Martok, which mm-hmm. I think he's quite a central Klingon. I think he's a much stronger Klingon character than, than Worf was. Do you agree with the premise of, because this seems to be gen- the general consensus of Trek fans, oh. is that, the, and I, I go along with this, this is something I think, you know, that the, the could be regarded as a stereotype or a, a generalisation, mm-hmm. but I think this is true there. Do you, do you go along with the assertion that Deep Space Nine was the best acted? Yeah. I would completely agree. I think, and it, it, it's strange because it kind of goes against the principle that um, Gene Roddenberry wanted, which was the kind of optimistic future. It puts that optimistic future in complete conflict with this this raw mm-hmm. planet with the with the Bajorans and, and the uh, the kind of but the need um, a station to be yeah. the peace treaty between two different races. Yeah, it's and they couldn't go anywhere. It's yeah. that they you know they can't do what the Enterprise does. And it, it's the cliche, isn't it? That at the end of the end of every episode, the Enterprise you see it, it nicely swings away from the planet, goes to warp, and that's it. And they can forget about that problem. Yeah, and they've got, they got, got somewhere else could, to go to. Yeah, they got somewhere else to go and screw up somewhere <laughs> yeah. else across the galaxy. <laughs> got to but meddle in someone else's affairs. Yeah, <laughs> and, 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 and Rapture's a prime example of that, where we have Cisco who um, goes to the just about to sign the peace treaty, and he goes, "Whoa." 
no, you can't do that now. <laughs> and and that that ramification has, you know, it, it leads to them that the, the Bajorans uh, signing a non non uh, aggression pact with the Dominion and, and keeps them from from the war. But it, it's I loved it because that they were they were be- very believable characters. And I think from the from day one, because Pillar was involved, it was all Michael Pillar was involved. It was all about the characters. It was all about getting them getting you to understand that every story was about a specific individual and building that character and that's what they did from day one the season season one is, is poor and I, I openly admit that there are some real classics in there mm-hmm. but it's about us starting to understand those characters and how they develop them uh, and, and the acting is, is, is superb uh, Nana Visitor is is brilliant um, Andrew you know the supporting cast is as good as the the main cast and, and that's why I, think my is, I really like uh, I really like Bashir I think he's kind of underrated uh I, I, there's some episodes with him and and even Miles O'Brien, like because obviously you know he has such a. I mean, there's that running joke of you know when they did the. Uh, I don't know if you ever saw the like 25 year anniversary of, uh, that they did in Calgary where they got the whole original Next Generation guys together uh, on stage and everyone was like, no one invited Miles, <laughs> and it was like because you just had such a limited role in in that show, even though. A yep. couple of episodes dedicated to him, and uh, yep. uh, which you know. But so, what did you think when they kind of took that character and gave made him sort of a, a prominent role in DS Nine? I think it was really good. Uh, I mean, he's been in he'd been in Next Gen since Encounter at Farpoint, unnamed as he was at that point, uh, and putting him on to, D- to DS Nine. I mean, Con Min is a, is a fantastic actor. He, he's superb in anything he does. Gone on to do some um, really I don't know. Good he's stuff, he's been. Yeah. He's, he's doing Martin McGuinness now, I believe, mm-hmm. um, in, in a, an upcoming film they're doing. And he's he can just do anything. Uh, and putting him in there was a really great move. Uh, and, and the friendship that he has with Bashir, well, the friendship that he doesn't start to have with Bashir, that, that evolves as the, as the series goes on, is, is probably one of the highlights of Trek. Yeah, it's quite believable uh, as, as well, relation. I think. Yeah. I think it's quite believable. Yeah. Hates him to begin with, despises him, can't even stand being in the same room. But by the end of it, he's really upset that he's leaving and, and going away. Mm-hmm. And you're right, Bashir is... is, is Another one of those characters that, that Trek evolved. And if you look at Next Gen in comparison to Deep Space Nine, the evolution of the characters is much stronger and much more... There's a, there's a greater um, range of elements that the characters take on board in, in Deep Space Nine. Bashir is, a, is an absolute prime example of that, mm-hmm. from being naive, second in his class, for get, getting the old ganglionic nerve and pre-ganglionic fibre wrong, through to being this superhuman and, and kind of realising his potential in some respects yeah. towards the end when we kind of learn what he is and what, what he's about. And yeah, there's so many character journeys within Deep Space Nine that, that, that just make it just such essential watching. It's funny you say that because as you, as you, as you were describing that, I was thinking about, you know, the, all the Doctors in the shows and yeah. Beverly. Beverly's probably the, the one that I would say... Is, has one of the least sort of character arcs, like because mm. it's always flirted with, with the idea of that she has a thing for for, for Picard, but that kind of never really gets explored, only really gets hinted at. Um, mm. And barring that, and the fact that she's Wesley's, um, she's Wesley's mother, but then Wesley leaves, so that's that's kind of yeah. gone. So it, that's interesting that like she's kind of not really. I, I would say from what she was. Oh, and obviously, yeah, Pulaski is, is mentioned in chat. Yeah, let's not go there. <laughs> I really hate her. Move on, really people. Move on. I really did not like her. Like, that was the most <laughs> forgetful series because she's in it. Every time she comes in, I just want to go, oh, God, this is a series I didn't like because she's in it. And it was not like, as I say, it's not like, um, it's not like, as, as, as I was getting to, it's not like Beverly Crusher had a huge yeah. 
story arc during that period of time. She, even when she came back, it was almost like... It was just like you feel more comfortable it was her. The only episode I remember I, I being in that was that I really liked, that I watched fairly recently, is the one where the crew disappears and she's just... Feel, and, yeah, yeah, and all of them get removed, and she's just like yeah. shouting at Picard, going in a crew in a in a ship this big. Why would there only be two crew members? You're insane! Yeah. Like, and and her working it out. I think she does really well then, because it's like she goes from being just this doctor who, the doctor who kind of does stuff to you actually see a little bit of of grit and determination in her, which uh, but they never explore it, um, uh, which is interesting. Whereas compare it to what we just talked about. Mm. Bashir radically improves, and um, and obviously the EMH in in Voyager. Yeah. I mean, he goes from being you know a really terrible bedside manner to to he's now arguing that he's a human, uh, you know. And and so I, I'm just interested to know. I mean, do do you agree with that? And do you think that they should have explored that more with Beverly? I think she's the the most underused Doctor character in all of Star Trek. Mm. Um, even Flox had a better arc and a better yeah. a better usage in enterprise and, and certainly yeah i do I, I remember him at least so yeah um, yeah exactly and it's same with i say with the amh and with mccoy they all get better stories they all get better development within the series yeah and, and it's, it's weird because i watched i watched next gen back and i think she's a great actress i think it's yeah. fantastic she's really and, good, and, yeah. and she's really one of those big things and when she comes on she's really engaging to watch mm-hmm but she is misused, and she has some of the worst stories in the whole of Next Gen. She really does. I mean, she gets Subrosa, and that's all I need to say. Uh, a ghost yeah, she story. She falls in love with the trail as and, well, yeah. And, like, uh, she's yeah, she falls like... in love with the trail, and you just think, whoa, okay, this is this is not great. <laughs> and it's a real shame because she's such a great actress, but they, they just couldn't find stories that fitted her properly. Mm. Uh, um, and when she's good she's a supporting character well, i know the high ground in season three was a good one that she was in which was to do with the, the, the terrorists um and she was quite prominent within that but you look back at that, the, the majority of, of choice of crusher stories and they're not up to the par that you would get from a wolf story or a picard yeah. story or a, and it's, it's it's such a great loss um and it's a shame it's yeah, a shame and i, I just thinking, think she needed more you just got me thinking in relation to because in the original series it was mccoy mm. It was kind of regarded as a three-piece because it was yeah. like Spock, Kirk, and McCoy. And I'm just, I'm just interested to know what you think. Do you think there's an there's an argument to be made for any of the other series? Because I'm trying to think in next gen who that would be. It's kind of sort I of right up the card and Wharf, maybe. Uh, I would say Picard Data. Because okay. you've always got within within Trek, you've always got that that character which is able to comment on the human condition. Yeah. So if you look at, at the original series, it was Spock. In Next Gen, it's Data. In DS9, it's Odo. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Voyager, it was supposed to have been Kess and Neelix. Didn't work, so they brought Seven of Nine in. Yeah. And then you have Flox and, and Topol oh, in, in Enterprise. Very good point. Yeah. To uh, overemphasize the human element of it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so yeah. The, the the triumvirate that you have in Voyager is the Doctor, um, Janeway, and Seven. If you go from season four onwards, if you watch it from from later series, it becomes very obvious that those are the three characters that they really kind of latch onto and use as much as they could. Um, in next gen, I think it'll be Picard and Data, or it's Data in some some link in there. Mm-hmm. So maybe it'd be Data, Worf, Geordie would be your three that would be together, or it might be. But Data is always your kind of link because he's that that character who is talking, who is giving you that that opinion on humanity. There was a great. There was a great. Um podcast which uh, i'm a huge fan of i don't know if you listen to it but i'm actually wanting to 
catch up because I've missed quite a lot of them. But uh, with Nerdist, and they've had that Nerdist there uh, with Chris Hardwick, and he does a bunch of. He's had a bunch of uh, Star Trek people on. He's had Dawn and Patrick Stewart was on recently for the second time. But there was a really, really great one because Matt, Matt Myra, who, who co-hosts that, is a is a great... I'll have to tell you the joke he does, right? Um, and I, I hope you laugh as much as I did. I cried for about 10 minutes when he told me this. I listened to it the first time. It's because I had LeVar Burton on. And actually, yeah. Matt Myra was running late and he came in and he goes, I'm really sorry. There was a warp core breach. I had to reroute every secondary <laughs> coupling, which is that was the great. That was the first good joke he did. But the second one he did was as he was rewatching, because he, he did, the, he does this thing where he, he hosts an event in L.A. where they do rubbish episodes and talk over them. And you get a yeah. live audience and just they joke yeah. about it. And famously, they've had like uh, Will Wheaton do it with him with him in it, so kind of taking the piss out of himself. So, But uh, but also, he did this really great joke, which I have to say now that I'm on it, and I'll talk about what I was getting to, but was the he does this joke where any time Picard ends up in an awkward situation, he should just have this code to the computer, like Alpha 39, which just beams him out of awkward situations. <laughs> 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 and, uh, and I was just like, I was just, Alpha 39, Alpha 39. <laughs> Because there's so many times, like when Vosh comes, when Vosh comes back, yeah. and he's just embarrassed the whole time she's there, and he's like, imagine yeah. that he just has this secret code with a computer, just beams just... him out back to his quarters. That would be hilarious. Every time Locks around, a chair um, turns up or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, exactly. Pulled. Yeah, he's just like, I'm not here. I'm not. He like beams himself to a shuttle, and it automatically just leaves the <laughs> leaves the air, leaves the. Um, that would be hilarious. But what I'm getting to, and I want to ask you that, what you what you think of this? Because I thought it yeah. was fascinating. Was you mentioned Geordie. And LeVar mm. Burton got asked a very, like, once they start, they fooled around a lot in this podcast, which is one of the reasons, like, I feel we're doing now. It's it's obviously yeah. meant to be entertaining as well. Is But um, LeVar got asked, a very, you know, what I thought was an interesting thing about what did he think about the, fa- about the fact that he his character wasn't really utilized. And the only time he ever was, uh, yeah. mainly in regards to, like, love situations, he said the only time yeah. he ever was in love, he was a hopeless idiot uh, you know he spends his time talking to Guinan who goes you need to be yourself and he and he fell in love with like a hologram you know he has a lot yeah. of parallels to Kim you know Kim's the same he's yeah. a hopeless hopeless love interest and the only en- en- episodes he gets just reinforces why you shouldn't really care about him because he's just a he's a, mm. he, he just seems a, and Lavar's response to that which I want to know what you think was he turned around and said because he didn't think the writers knew how to deal with black male sexuality because at the time it was done, he felt yeah. that they just didn't know how to write for a black guy at the time. Um, and then they responded by saying, well, Wolf was black. But then he was like, yeah, but he wasn't human. So it doesn't yeah, really, it's not really the same thing. And I'm just interested to know what you think in relation to that. Because I thought it was an interesting point. Yeah, that's um, a really interesting point. I, it's strange because you think about the original series and, and the fact that that was built on that sort of multi, multi-ethnic crew. Uh, and how they dealt with with Ahura or Sukulu or, or Chekhov or whatever, and they were included, and they had all kind of love interests and whatever. And then you get Next Gen, and Geordie is, you know, we were saying about Doctor Crush being undeveloped, and then you look at Geordie and you think, whoa, hang on a minute, was he also as badly treated perhaps as a character? Now I know that from from conversations I've had with with cast members of, of shows and things like that, that that Lavar himself. You may quote me. This is from this is from third party. Yes, this is from third party from somebody else that I've heard that he no. <laughs> certainly does have a does have an issue with being a black person in America, mm-hmm. and 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 the, what the, the burdens that. that like, mm-hmm. 
Joby can't. No, can you just repeat and, that? And, because it had two seconds there, Clive. You, you went you went a bit there. Can you just repeat what you said? You, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So saying about that, that, that Lavar um, has sort of issues with with how people black people are presented yeah. in America, from what I understand. And I get that, and you can see from Next Gen that, that yeah, they didn't really get him as a character because they've got this guy who was a blind engineer and. I mean, it was this kind of love situation, and, and and but would it have made a? Did it really make a difference? What what colour his skin was? No, it's just that I, I I just don't think they'd understood the character itself. It's probably one of the characters they didn't get as a writer. I think I, I don't. Do you do you think? Because I go along with the premise of, and and I I I agree with you. That's what I think. Is that is that there's an element of, and we touched on this earlier, that they end up putting char- certain characters in certain series in holes they can't yeah. get out of. And instead of yeah. just, uh, and instead of trying to deal with that, because that's going to take two or three episodes to kind of, you know, re, re, redistribute the character in a sense or, or re, reevaluate them, that's going to take yeah. a, a decent period of time. So I just think that they, they avoided it as opposed to... So I don't think it's necessarily that they avoided it because they were threatened by the subject matter. I just think... yeah. Jordy had too many episodes where he was such an he, he, he was such a uh, like I like I was touching on a, 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 a I hate using the word idiot but I'm trying to think of another way another way of saying it just a, he was just unsure of himself to the point of that you were thinking what situation would make him kind of get out of his shell in that sense that would be instantaneous yeah. because they just kept drilling that he was hope a hopeless romantic so. Um, you know, yeah. it's a bit I, like with Kim. I mean, I just watched series five where he speaks up and the whole crew point out that he speaked up for the first time and he was an ensign through the whole the whole thing. Yeah. You know, he never got a promotion yeah. once and he never really had a he never really said anything <laughs> or had his own sort of thing and, and I think it was that that's another element of that they just kinda of went, What do we do? Because he started so green when he became when he started, it wouldn't make sense for him to be this sort of over the top character now, but Yeah. Um I mean what do you think? Do you think they just kinda of ended up Ended up just putting pigeonhole in too many characters because there's only a certain number that they ever really wrote about in certain series. Yeah, I mean, and Voyager has uh, the as a as a main cast. Admittedly, the DS9 uses a lot of recurring characters within within the episodes, but as a main cast, Voyager had the largest. So you do tend to see that Voyager's episodes, you know, you might only get one or two shows a season. Mm-hmm. With Next Gen and Geordi. Yeah, he didn't. When they do give him an episode which isn't reliant on the love interest, it's one about his mum in some virtual reality simulator, which could be construed as a whole different story. But I let's know, just yeah. not even go there. And um, and you just think, well, yeah, great. And it was, you know, it was like, oh, hang on a minute, we've not done a Geordie story with his family. Let's 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 shove one into the last season. Let's and figure out what he's doing. <laughs> let's yeah, actually and, do some sort it, of back backstory. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like, oh, we've we've not done a Geordie backstory story we need to put one in somewhere and you just think hang on a minute this guy was really underused and that's 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 really key to it that there, yeah there's a character that was pigeonholed into the he's just an engineer he just solves problems and he looks at the warp core for 20 minutes and then yeah, and rolls on the door when yeah <laughs> and and you look at the you know ds9 did did ds9 do that probably not ds9 didn't really pitch i don't think ds9 pigeonholed any of his characters um voyager absolutely i've talked to to, to garrett wong um about the first few seasons and I did an interview with him and, and which was on um, on some kind of Star Trek and talking about the depression that he went through in the first couple of years mm-hmm. 
because he had nothing to do. Because mm-hmm. it was a, uh, shield at 40%, uh, raising shields, uh, raising shields again, <laughs> uh, shields at 20%. And that was Scanning that was the area, whole, not Scanning the area. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and that was all he had to do yeah. for a couple of years. And he was, you know, he, he was late. He got depressed and, and things went from bad to worse. And he was almost cut. Yeah, is it true? And, and, is it yeah? That, that's something I touched on a couple of episodes ago. Is it true yeah. that is it true that um that it, it was going to be him originally instead of Kess to leave? It was from what I understand from having spoken to him. It was potent. It could have it could have been him or or Kess, mm-hmm. but because they saw more potential in the Kim character, and they liked him. To be honest, uh-huh. and um, also. The, the stupid, uh, stupid having an accompan who only like, lives for so long. I just that, that, yeah. that was I, I, again that that was a good idea and good. You can kind of that's one of the things you write down and go potential for a good idea. But then yeah. what do we do? How do, how does she age? Because we touched on yeah. this with the the engage podcast guys. That means like did Neelix meet her when she was zero? Like <laughs> a whole. There's a whole thing with Kess and Neelix that you just don't want to get into that conversation yeah. about because you're like, well, hang on a minute. This guy is going out with somebody who is like... Like <laughs> six months old <laughs> in is relation not, to her, yeah. And how, yeah, how quickly does she age as well? Because she's fully grown when she arrives and she's like one. Yeah. So what was she so, when... Does she, she, does she just... Is she born fully fully formed? Like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It makes there's a whole sense. Yeah. There's a whole kind of thing you don't even want to go in there with yeah, that. And, yeah. and that's the big areas that they made with Voyager, but... But yeah, that, that's that's a character that they pigeonhole. Kess is a perfect character. That they, oh, she sent something because they tried to make her a bit like Diana, but not quite like Diana, and then gave her this short and, and she got terribly misused. Um, Neelix did evolve, but I think yeah, you're right. Kess is a, is a prime example. Reed in Enterprise and Mayweather. There's a guy who got pigeonholed. Mayweather. He literally sat at the console for four years and and drove the ship. He could have been playing on his NES. Let's <laughs> Nobody would have even given a monkey. Yeah, there's a... <laughs> I met the guy. I went, I met the guy. I went, I went to, I went to a convention. This is true. And there was a mass, and, and it was in the autographs, and it was for one of the ones in, uh, it was either memorabilia or collector's mate. Memorabilia. Okay, yeah. And he was one of the guests. And you had um, Tony Todd, mm-hmm. and you had, um, I can't remember who sat next to Tony Todd, and then you had Anthony Montgomery, and then you had Gil Garrard, and... Um, other woman, the woman from uh, Buck Rogers, I can't remember her name now, and uh, there are people uh, screaming her name. Uh, and they, they're sat this side, and you've got the woman who played the president from Battlestar Galactica. Oh, yeah, the, the, the older, yeah, and the queues are rammed, and the queues yeah. are huge for all these guys. And there's Anthony Montgomery sitting there playing with his pet because <laughs> there's nobody in the queue for him. It's funny, it's funny you say that, right? Cause I, I don't think I've said this on the podcast, but um, we went to a convention here. Yeah. Uh, where um, it's what this isn't Star Trek related, but it's just response. Yeah. It's just response to the way people kind of act when they're not sort of noticed and their their, their notoriety isn't like as good as other people around them. Because there was yeah. a famous. Um, we went to uh, an event here in, in Newcastle um, where um, it was quite a big deal and got a lot of exposure because Craig Charles and Chris Barry were together, and Craig Charles yeah. obviously was quite a big deal. Um, yeah. Because he is a really busy with Coronation Street and is is Soul and Funk show, so getting him to yeah. do because he was only there for a few hours and it was rammed the entire time. Him and Chris Barry, and the table right next to them was David Prowse, and and yeah. I'd heard and it's common sort of knowledge in geek culture yeah. that he can be a bit of a prick when in terms of that he 
because he's still sort of resentful, but he's not invited to Star Wars conventions because yeah. he famously fell out with George Lucas, and yeah. and he doesn't like the fact that his his voice isn't used, even though he was had a big Yorkshire accent. So the idea of Darth Vader going it's like, uh, "I am your father, yeah, I am your father, Luke." <laughs> Go and get them shape. Yeah, I can't really do Yorkshire accent, but that's my best attempt. But yeah, um, there's a really great, Bill Bailey does a really great, um, oh no, it's, uh, it's Paul Merton on uh, Have I Got News For You does a really good one as well in one of the older episodes where he takes the mick out of that. But anyway, he, he has a resentful edge to him. Yeah. Um, and and I was going to, I interviewed as many people as I could at this convention and he had a, an appalling attitude. Um, he had a, he had a, a, a PR lady with him who was like, do you want to interview David Prowse? And and you could see just him watching as Chris and, and Craig never got a break. Um, yeah. I actually interviewed Chris because he was there the whole time. I interviewed him 10 minutes before the, the convention was closing because that was the only time he had during the whole time because he was absolutely rammed with people. Yeah. Um, and he, I think there was an element of David Prowse didn't understand how big Red Dwarf was either. Um, yeah. But to compare that to Pam Rose, who was in Star Trek, uh, who is Star Wars? Sorry, she was in it. She was one of the empresses. Um, she yeah. she was great. She just laughed it off and was like, and people still came up to her every now and again. I think that's kind of the attitude you have to have. It really yeah. kind of annoys me when you 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 meet someone from a, a franchise and because they're not really as relevant as they once were, they kind of get very upset with it. But but yeah, yeah I, it just sounds like to me what we were touching on with uh, with the guy from Enterprise. Oh, that just, he just I think it's just unlucky. There's a famous yeah. one. One other quick story. There's a really famous story about the Blue Power Ranger uh, in yeah. in San Diego, uh, who apparently like got in the middle of the crowd and went, "Does anyone want to get an autograph with the with the Blue Power Ranger?" And everyone was like, <laughs> "Yeah, we'd love to." Not realizing that they meant that he was referring Him. to himself. <laughs> um, they were like, "Where is he?" Like. Point us, point us to where he is, and they were like, "No, it's me." Uh, yeah, but yeah, it's very funny, very funny. Story. No, I've met, I've met Dave Press. Yeah, what? It, what, what? I mean, it, it could have just been he was in a foul mood. I mean, he's not in the best Twice. health. He's not yeah. in the best health, so you know, I, I wasn't like sort of like, I didn't sort, I wasn't sort of like overly. He wasn't the worst person I've talked to, um, yeah. but um, it's just he was, he seemed very sort of upset by the, the by he wasn't the most. Fam- I think he seemed yeah. to think he was top dill in there, but um, anyway. But what was he like when yeah. you met him? I mean, he, he, he was all right. Yeah. I mean, the first time I met him, I was I was six and it was in Cornwall. Hey, well, he was, and he was the he was the green cost code man. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah, day. yeah, yeah. And course, then the yeah. second time was was um, I met him at RF Cranwell. So if there's anybody who lives in Lincolnshire, they'll know they'll know where RF, RF Cranwell is. And I met him there, and it was it was a big PR event, and Kenny Baker was there, and this is going back quite a few years. Um, and he was he was great, and I spent the day with him and Kenny Baker walking around and having a chat, and literally it was it was just like you were chatting to somebody you met down the pub one day. Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe he, he was on a bad day, but mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you've got to think he's probably I use the word milked, but he's been to a lot of stuff. I mean, any convention you see, Dave Prowse is on there, and and he's always at these events. He's at Collector's Manor. He's Ross, at Ross, uh, I I know Ross Noble a little bit, the the the, yeah. the Geordie comedian, and he told me a story yeah. once about how, um, in relation to David Prowse, that um, he was in Australia with his wife, and he went to a convention, and the yeah. convention just paid to have an impersonator. To kind of because apparently there's a guy you know how like you say he milked his his fame yeah there's a guy in America there's a guy in Australia who simply gets paid just to be David Prowse like as in to be his version um right. is some sort of impersonator guy because apparently the reason I bring this up is because David Prowse was too much money 
so they just get a guy to do it in Australia, um, which is quite weird um, to, to think. <laughs> so you're a person who's kind of milked being a person, and you're milking it by being an impersonation of the very person that's milking it who's... Who's been a person. That's brilliant. I guess, but then I'm probably offending some Elvis impersonator somewhere. Like, you know, that's kind of what some people make that live and doing that. So, you know, you never know. Um, But yeah, so, I mean, um, we kind of touched on this, you know, we're talking about Star Wars. Like, do you think, um, I know obviously this has been Star Trek heavy, but we're branching out to other sci-fi stuff. um, Because actually, I'll get on to... There's been people talking in chat about Babylon 5's influence on Star Trek, which is an interesting, uh, an interesting oh, diversion. Nice. Which we'll get where's to my, that. Where's my box set? <laughs> yeah, comes the, the down there. Yeah, comes Doctor, the, uh, if you'll see, there's, there's Doctor Who there, and there's Red Dwarf. Few, I was wondering why. Oh, nice Red Dwarf. That's awesome. Uh, and there's there's a whole load of Duke's Hazard and Knight Rider and stuff like that in there as well. Yeah, if, I've if got Red Dwarf guys in looking, somewhere. If somebody's yeah. like super, if somebody's zooming in, I've got this face. Tell me, like, there's, there's loads of stuff in there. All nice. my track stuff's in these these at the bottom here, so you can't see that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Babylon Five, I I have you know obviously you've got the full box set and and um, I loved it. I, I actually I'll tell the truth, it was and we'll come on to that Voyager story as well as to why I hate it at some point. Oh yeah, cool. But Babylon Five, I I watched it when it was on Channel Four in the in the UK, mm-hmm. and um, I watched the first two or three episodes of the first season. I was like, this is more wooden than a dining table. Yeah, I re- it's funny because I felt the same way. Like, I mean, when did Babylon Five start? Uh, it was like it was the same time as as, as DS Nine. So it was ninety three. All oh, right, God, that I early. Believe. I thought I, I, was, I was guessing it was like five, ninety five yeah. or something. No, but no, I, no. I, my my sure memory's hazy. Point. My memory's hazy. I mean, I was very young at the time, but um, so I would have been six, seven, eight, something like that. Um, and yeah, I remember first watching it, and Star Trek just resonated with me, even 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 at that even at that age. And I was like that, even even being that age, I was watching Babylon Five, and it, and the only thing I liked was watching the ships ro- the ship rotate. Was the only, yeah. <laughs> the only the thing I liked. Thing, I mean, the great thing with Babylon Five was that the graphics were at the time yeah. were absolutely stunning, and mm-hmm. of course, it owes, owes quite a bit to Tron and, and things like that. It's odd because because I'm I'm going to put a review live actually of Renegade, which I've been trying to do for two weeks, and mm-hmm. and the reason is that Renegade. And this kind of links to Babylon 5, but, but bear with me. So <laughs> Renegades um, was out live two weeks ago. I tried to review it, couldn't. My brain just wouldn't kind of work, and I finally finished it off. But I actually referred to Babylon 5 as part of that review because I felt that I was watching Renegades, and it felt like I was watching an episode of Babylon 5 mm-hmm. because of the quality of the sets, because of the quality of the graphics and, and, and everything that rolled into it. It really felt like it was a Babylon 5 episode because the sets looked like Babylon 5 sets. Yeah. The the characters acted like Babylon 5 characters. Okay, so Walter Koenig was in there who <laughs> was best during Babylon 5. But it just, it was really weird. And, and and that's kind of one of the things I tried to get across in the review, which will be live. I'm probably going to make it live just at the end of this this podcast. Cool. Um, um, but, but, but yeah, I, I, I love Babylon 5. And I, it took me two years to get into it. And I watched the first one of season three when the, the White Star came into it. And I got hooked. And I watched three, four, five, all the way through. Went back, watched seasons one and two, and watched all three, four, and five again. And it's brilliant, but I it took me a long time to watch it. Yeah, I, 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 would. I might have to I go would. back and watch it. Yeah, because it's something that I, it, I still remember in my in my childhood. It's, I still remember sitting there watching yeah. it, and it's it's funny because you, you, uh, the, uh, people who are listening to this who aren't from England are not going to understand this, yeah. but. When when you mentioned Channel Four, that, I, that yeah. resonates with me. It's just I remember it being on Channel Four. I remember it being like yeah. their crown and jewel. Um, yeah. I want to really talk about it in relation to because we've been talking about this in chat, and this is kind of okay. this is mentioned in this is mentioned in 
in sort of Star Trek lore in terms of, yeah. especially Voyager uh, and Deep Space Nine to some degree. Just how much of an influence do you think Babylon Five had on the on the on the the, the series after, like the Star Trek Voyagers after uh, the Voyager <laughs> and Deep Space Nine? Because um, it seemed to me, in particular, yeah. Voyager. Voyager had a huge it had a huge bearing on Voyager because it was like all of a sudden there was a bunch of battle scenes and stuff you never saw. Um, I'm just interested in what you think. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure whether I'd agree with that. I think that there's always the conflict of which one came first. It's the old chicken in the egg story. Did DS9 come before Babylon 5? Babylon 5 before, and, and there's that whole conflict around which when those two evolved because they evolved around the same time. Now, from memory, the pilot of Babylon 5 comes before Emissary, yeah, and then the series so. started. After mm-hmm. after season one of, of, of um, Deep Space Nine started, yeah. and I think certainly Babylon Five influenced later seasons of DS Nine and the arc storylines of the Dominion War very much. And I think whether they all ever met it or not, I, I think that it really did. That the Shadow War was genius, but I think it did influence Babylon Five because I think it also changed how TV and, and sci-fi series went after that because we had a lot more serialization. There was a lot more interested in arc storylines. You know, when uh, J. Michael Straczynski said, this is a five-year story, it is five years. There's a start, there's a middle, there's an end. Yeah. He built all the trapdoors in for the characters. He built, you know, the, 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 the assistants. He built everything into it to know, to know where it would end up, whatever happened, and whoever chose to do what. Yeah. And I think with, with Voyager and Enterprise, I think the influence that, that Babylon 5 has on series, those later series, is that arc element that you have in those series where they have smaller arcs, three episode, four episode arcs that, Voy- that Enterprise did in its last season, yeah. um, the Herogen arcs that you get in Voyager, uh, the Borg arcs that you get in Voyager later on. But I think visually it has a lot. To, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it does influence a lot of things because CGI was the way forward, because models was always the thing that happened and, and you know, they always said, you know, the sun models were impossible to film with. And I think that, that, that visually that that's that's where Babylon 5 really came I always in. make the argument of as well that, that yeah, this is this is what's touched on as well in, 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 a, in, a, in a counter-argument to that as well, is that if it wasn't Babylon 5, it would have been another series. Like, it, it's because if you look at sort of the transitions that a lot of series do mm. at that period of time, they just sim- simply put, CGI just went went up a notch. Yeah, um, yeah. You, you touched on. I'm glad to hear that you're a Red Dwarf. You're a Red Dwarf fan because I'm a massive fan. I've been fortunate enough to have people from Red Dwarf on the show, and uh, as I say, that was the first series that my family sat down and watched together. Yeah. And if you watch between five and six in particular, uh, maybe even even an argument four and five to some degree, because the third one was Starbug. I mean, there's 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 a scene where Crichton and Rimmer are outside Starbug when he's teaching them how to drive the ship, drive the drive Starbug, yes. and the the backdrop of that, I hate. It's just really out of focus <laughs> and looks awful. And then you compare that to like season the season after season four and yeah. five when they're having like actual, you know, the Starbugs actually leaving Red Dwarf out of a dock yeah. and. And so, you know, you, you can, and obviously they won an Emmy for you know, going yeah. with the apocalypse for, for special effects. So, yeah. you know, um, uh, it's, it, it, I make the argument of it, you know, if it wasn't Babylon 5, it would have been a bunch of, it would have been another series that you can make an argument that, because they yeah. all inspire each other. Um, yeah. So it, it's in that sense, yeah. But then if it hadn't been for TNG, you wouldn't have had Babylon 5, you wouldn't have had yeah, exactly, like yeah. and and and, yeah. and the whole, the whole sci-fi fantasy genre that we have in the 90s when it was just a massive explosion 
and then the stuff that you get after that and now you wouldn't have any of that because we'd have never heard of Joss Whedon mm-hmm. we'd have never <laughs> we would have never had any of those kind of things we, you know the, the, the landscape as it is now owes a lot to TNG um, because it became it made sci-fi popular I also think as well if you because everyone you know you make the whole argument of that the 80s was a meaningless decade and I'm like no it wasn't not for not for culture it wasn't because yeah, Knight was, Rider yeah yeah <laughs> exactly Knight Rider TJ Hooker <laughs> let's, just, let's just make some let's just name some terrible Shea series <laughs> but um, oh, I, uh, I, I, I'm a big fan of those kind of stuff that's my I kind of 80s retro series is a bit yeah, of my um, side geek I never really I never really I knew of TJ Hooker obviously knew, no one shot now, but um uh my friend my friend wayne sent me as a kind of joke slash no really you should watch it uh so he, he sent me a dvd of season one and uh <laughs> I, I sat and watched it and i was like this is like so terrible it's good like it comes genius yeah it's like sharknado yeah yeah exactly so yeah. bad that it's actually yeah genius yeah or um, mega shot yeah. versus giant octopus that's like the oh, funniest oh. That's the funniest sci-fi like B movie I've ever seen. Like, um... I saw a trailer for Sky Sharks the other day. Yeah, that looks abysmally good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, that is literally the niche now. That's literally the genre that they're doing. They literally want to make the worst film. It's, that's basically the whole idea of how Snakes on a Plane happened. Is it was a message yeah. board, and they basically went, you know, let, let, let's try and make the worst film we can do. Like, yeah, it's it's yeah. it's uh, uh, it, it is become a, a, a subgenre of, of yeah. films now. Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah, yes. but the, the the reason I mentioned the eighties in regards to sci-fi yeah. though is obviously Alien. The idea of the Alien yeah. films, but you know, Red Dwarf was famously um, inf- inspired by Blade Runner, which I think you yeah. can make an argument of Blade Runner influenced every sci-fi show, uh, sci-fi film yeah. after that. So yeah, it, it's funny that we talk about this, and just it really comes down to yeah that we're the, the, they're all sort of influenced by what came before them. Um, so yeah, to say the Babylon Five. I wouldn't go as far as to say that people said that they just copied what Babylon Five did, but but yeah. It, but but yeah, they're they're always going to look at what is the competitor at the time and try and and try and and, and copy what works. So yeah, it's no, I mean I love Babylon Five. Babylon Five is yeah. a, a fantastic series, and and it gets better and better. And the fifth season's, mm, but the two, three, and four are, are superb. Mm-hmm. And there's a really great arc in there, and the, the characters are well written, and and it just it just works so nicely as a story that he knew where he was going with it and i think that's that's why it is such a great show because it has that that fine that finality to it. do you find it strange because this is something i always say in regards to using the word geek because i say yeah. geek, geek is just to be you know geeky about something to be interested and to love what you do you know love, yeah. to be passionate about what you love and care about and be open and and and, and debate with people like we're having now but you of, you often find the sort of uh, the sort of um, the the inclusive geek who who wants to s- just say that one thing is good and trash everything else. And do you find that really odd? That like for example, what I say is that you know someone goes, no, Babylon Five is the best one, and I don't watch any others because Babylon Five is the show. And I just feel like you you're doing yourself a major disservice yeah. because why don't you just like all of them, like it, it, or at least watch all of them and have an open mind to it. Do you find it odd that people have that attitude? No, absolutely. I, I think it's. I think that's terrible. I. I. I, I like Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I like Star Wars. Let's yeah, I like Star Wars. You know as what? Well. You know what? I like Star Wars. There yeah. you go. Whoa! And I'm sure that now <gasps> I'll get hundreds you're of emails. A, Clive, you're not no, a real Trekkie. To... <laughs> we have to leave, guys. That's it. That's the end of the show. You just mentioned the, the like. <laughs> just, just watch. It. I might. I. You know. I collect Star Wars Lego. Mm-hmm. There you go. There's something that. Oh, no, Star Wars Lego is awesome. 
that's amazing. Yeah, I have yeah. the Millennium Falcon out this weekend. Yeah, it's, it's like my ne- it's like my my nephew my ne- <laughs> when my nephew gets presents where he gets Star Wars like Lego or like Pirates of the Caribbean, and I'm like, I kind of want that. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Like the, the what I've kids get now is just insanely good. Yeah, I've got yeah. a forty three. My son's coming to four. So you know what, Christmas this year was like Lego. I know, yeah. Lego. <laughs> and your so like, wife, oh, and your wife, and, and you're like going, "It's not for him." <laughs> what are you on about? It's not for him. I, uh, oh, I get it for me as well. <laughs> yeah, it's, and, and I, I love Star Wars, and I live you know, watch the films. I'm not a huge fan. I watch the films. I watched you know Clone Wars and, and Droids back in the eighties. Wow, Droids! Yes, oh, mm. uh, what a cartoon series. And and I loved it, and I really enjoyed that kind of stuff. But I wouldn't say I'm an overly massive fan. So if, I wouldn't debate with anybody on Star Wars. But I watch it and I get quite, I'm not offended, but I get kind of upset in some ways that, oh, you like Star Trek, how can you like Star Wars? It's nowhere near as superior. Well, it's a different sci-fi. They've gone for kind of the 1950s sci-fi, you know, cinematic genre of lots of sci- lightsaber fights and space battles and, and Trek is kind of more thoughtful. Yeah. And it's the same with Babylon 5 and DS9 and, and I, I really love Babylon 5. Mm-hmm. It's a great show. But I know my passion for Trek is, is greater, but it doesn't mean that I don't appreciate that. And I think if yeah. I shut myself off and didn't watch things like Babylon 5, Quantum Leap, uh, Buffy, Angel, um, Firefly, I've just named about every Just Whedon series. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I can watch those kind of things and get involved in those programs. And you wouldn't appreciate this as you, as you could do. You know, I mean, God, I've, I've watched episodes of Power Rangers just to kind of just understand it and what it is. And, I'm, I'm, I'm going for surgery to get that removed from my brain at some point. And just kind of, <laughs> which, Power Rangers? Then, which Power Rangers? Like the original? Well, I, ITV, ITV weekday morning, summer holidays, original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Oh, that was what it was. Uh, so, yeah, for all these guys in Britain are going, I remember that. I remember uh, yeah, that I was going to say, oh, oh God, I, I was unfortunately, uh, unfortunately destroyed with Power Rangers. I really didn't. Like, I, I it, it was one of them shows because I was a, the best cartoon I ever liked was Thundercats like Thundercats was awesome and, and um, Master of the Universe obviously um, do you remember Visionaries sorry do you remember, Vision- do you remember Visionaries Visionaries this is one that yeah it might be before maybe, your time maybe right? maybe I don't know if you if you like describe it maybe I'll know um, it was only a 13 episode series got cancelled um, they had like holographic chests and these lines that one of them turned into a line it had a staff that used oh, to that sound familiar like, yeah, yeah. I, I find it on DVD. Oh, I'll have to, yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to have a look at that. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but I, I, yeah, I was yeah. like that with 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 um, you know my favorite like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I have a I'm a, I'm a huge um, you know I'm, I'm I'm sort of reluctant. I still haven't got around to watching the Michael Mann one yet because I'm just really really worried that it's not going to be you know because it's I've been told it's just Transformers uh, in it, with 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 with, with turtles. Um, um, but. Uh, I, yeah, and then Thundercats was good, and uh, but yeah, Power Rangers. It was one of them shows where uh, uh, I remember it and remember thinking it was awesome, and then you rewatch it as an adult and you go, "This was awful!" Like there's just nothing. Same story. Yeah, nothing happens. Yeah, at least with like Stingray and Thunderbirds and stuff, you can kind of go back and go, "They were brilliant," and they really thought about what they were doing. But yeah, Fun- Power Rangers yeah. was just like you're like, who the hell made this, and who decided it was. Who decided it was a great cartoon? Because I, and I mean, even now with the with the rehash new version, um, I, yeah. I, my nephew, my my nephew, you, you reach a certain like kids reach a certain age with that show when they kind of realise what it is and go, nah, this is rubbish. I don't yeah. watch this anymore. Yeah. But but I used to watch things like you're right. Thundercats was was massive when I was when I was younger. Yeah. I remember things like Brave Star and um, Terrorhawks and Thunderbirds and things like that had an influence on my 
you know, when I was younger, because I remember, uh, to be honest, the big, the big revamp of Thunderbirds was about 91, 92, when it was back on BBC Two, six o'clock Friday night. And I remember yeah. that because I associate, it's really weird, I have food association smell. So I associate Thunderbirds with fish and chips. Oh, God, yeah. I, I was like that growing up. There's certain things I remember. Yeah, yeah it's funny. Yeah, uh, Tron, I associate Tron with um, banana cheesecake. <laughs> randomly um, as you do but yeah I, I, I remember those kind of things growing up and how they influenced my sort of thoughts and, and, and how I really enjoyed that kind of sci-fi fantasy mm-hmm. adventurous genre and, and and got into that and it's things you know Knight Rider and, and Dukes of Hazzard I used to watch an A-Team and things like that and I was into that kind of that kind of stuff and that influenced you know because I used to do some creative writing and that stuff influenced me to write more which has kind of led in turn I suppose to me doing some kind of Star Trek and, and, and taking that that leap yeah. Um, but yeah, there's so much stuff back in the 80s. I mean, people slate it as a decade, but there was so much culture and so many things that I go back and go, ah, oh, and I've got the, it on DVD now. I think it was just the music. People just they take the music and just decide that, that whole the whole culture that, that was created during the 80s was rubbish. And I'm just like, no, it wasn't. I mean, some of the best films I've ever seen were from the 80s. Blade Runner I still is still in my like you know favourite uh, yeah. films ever. You know the the first two Aliens, um, uh, the yeah. second two, the second and third Star Wars was 80s. Um, yeah. Die, the original Die Hard, uh, original Lethal Weapon. Uh, you know yeah. action films during the time were really interesting and fun. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. I don't really understand it because I think because of the way that the decade was structured, they they started doing films that were sort of futuristic and thinking yeah. about um, thinking about what the you know the the twenty first century is going to be like and. Um, and, I, and I really appreciated it for that reason. So, and obviously, you know, you got Red Dwarf and, and Star Trek started that, you yeah. know, late '80s. So, yeah, I don't know. I really don't get. I really, I, I, think, I think it's the shit. I think it's the shit music. To be honest with you, I just think, <laughs> I just think they look at the music and go, "But well, that old decade is rubbish. I don't want to know anything about it." But there's some of it that's decent. But let's let's skip over. That. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> '80s. There's too much to talk about in the '80s. But yeah, uh, it was mentioned in chat. Terror Hawks, which I'm not sure I remember. So oh, that's yeah, the best man, Jerry Terror Anderson Hawks. thing. Terry um, Hawks was, was it was it was basically Thunderbirds, but not Thunderbirds. <laughs> it was brilliant. The, the, okay. If anybody remembers, and, and the guy in the chat will know this, the, the the spheres and the cubes, and at the end credits they used to play a game of noughts and crosses. <laughs> but the 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 house wow. the, the houses that used to open up and ships used to come out of them. It was like it was Thunderbirds, but redone. Nice. It was great. It was it was brilliant. Terror Hawks. Probably was again, what, probably one of the things, especially when growing up, you, you vision, you vision, you like your visual acuity is much better than than sort yeah. of you, what you re, what you remember what you remember. So I, I imagine I imagine if I look at it, I might remember it in some way because I feel that way. It's funny, Stingray. I just I, the theme music is the thing I remember most out of it. You know. Um, yeah. So that's a good example of it, but yeah, um, but yeah, there's a few things I want to talk on because we've talked obviously sure. about we we we've we've <laughs> you know we talked a huge amount about that was a bit of a segue talking about other stuff, but I want to talk about um, because you touched on it earlier because obviously yeah. there's one person who's in control of both franchise the main franchises. I mean, we've touched yeah. on Star Wars. Um, yeah. I mean, just briefly, and then we'll move on to the 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 the. the modernized star trek which i have a problem with i don't know what i don't know what you think um but um what do you think are you excited with it being a few months away from the new star wars what do you what do you what's your take on it because obviously everyone talked about it yeah this year um um yeah um i think the lego is horrifically overpriced <laughs> um, it would be. i think the, the, the force awakens lego is horrifically overpriced so you can quote me on that i yeah. think it's awful that, that the marketing for this is is insane is insane, and there's a ton of products. I know people are doing like 24-hour live. It vlogs is literally a spoof of Spaceballs. 
You know when Spaceballs took the piss in Mel Brooks where they did like, you know, you get your old Spaceball toilet paper. And that was kind yeah. of a joke at how crap, at, yeah. at, how, at how ridiculous merchandise gets. And they really are yeah. doing this. Disney are doing this to Star Wars. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, so it's, a, it's a spoof of a spoof. Um, which is yeah. very weird, but yeah, good, but it's yeah, everything. Right. Can, I'm, I'm sure there'll be like you know you'll be able to get a te- anyway. Moving on. I mean, but yeah, it, it, it sounds like we're hypocritical. It must be said that it sounds like we're hypocritical because I do buy merchandise, but yeah, when it when it starts being twice the price just because it's got a it's got a a buzz about it is a little yeah. ridiculous. But there you go. That's that's I yeah. I kind of looked at because I'm, I'm saying with collecting the, the Lego, mm-hmm. um, I was like, oh wow, first order snow, snow speed, uh, new X wing, and then you look at the price and you're like, whoa, hang on a minute, I can just get a regular X wing for like forty quid, <laughs> or yeah. I can get this one from Force Awakens for eighty. Yeah, no, and you're it's right, the yeah. same shit. And you just think, but anyway, but I'm 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 I am quite excited. And if my local cinema does a, a midnight screening. I am going to go um, because I want to see it and I'm really excited for yeah. it and I'm really excited what, with what Abrams has done with it and we know it's the franchise that he prefers we know that he loves Star Wars more than Star Trek we know that we've been drilled into it from the, from the time he did in the 2009 movie we know he loves this yeah 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 he loves Chat Star just said yeah he, no I was just I'm laughing because I'm sorry I'm sorry I tried not to la- I tried not to laugh there but it's just in chat they said Spaceballs uh, the flame for a child's doll the kids will love it <laughs> <laughs> that's probably what's going to happen, isn't it? It's going to have. I need to watch the film. I haven't watched the film for so long. I've yeah, got to it I forgot about I that. But yeah, when they do the flame throw, and it's like the kids love it. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and oh, it was, I just remember the bit yeah. where he goes, "Stop spaceballs, toilet roll." Yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's that's great. But yeah, imagine that flame throw. That wouldn't be far off. I mean, you're going to get lightsabers. Let's be honest, you're going to get lightsabers. Yeah. But for kids, um, and all it's, that. to be fair though, you talk about bad star. Wars merchandising, Star mm-hmm. Trek, and this is if anybody follows me on Instagram, they'll see I tweeted. Uh, I put sorry, I tweeted. I put a picture on Instagram of the Star Trek cuckoo clock. <laughs> oh, what what comes I, out I of the cuckoo clock? Not, that's, that's I kid you not. It's it's got on it, and and go on my Instagram. So my Instagram is is Clive seventy nine. Okay. Oh, uh, sorry, not Clive seventy nine. It's now some underscore kind underscore of underscore star underscore. Trek. And in my photographs, there is a Star Trek cuckoo clock. And the worst thing is that I live in Stoke on Trent and you can order this thing from bloody Stoke on Trent. Okay. So it makes me feel even worse. And it's awful. There's a little, there's a little Star Trek Enterprise that, that goes around the front at the hour mm-hmm. and it plays the theme song and yeah. it just looks so horrifically bad. That's, <laughs> that's the worst piece of my, I was, I've challenged a couple of people on, on Instagram to try and find the worst piece of Star Trek merchandise they can. And so far, nobody's beaten the cuckoo clock. Uh, and but I, you know, Force Awakens, yeah, it has gone by Star Star Wars. Force Awakens, yeah, it's gone absolutely mental on the on the merchandising, and we knew it was going to be crazy. And and you've got things like Battlefront coming out, which I'm really excited about. Yeah. And oh, God, I am, yeah. I am maybe ordering the PlayStation with Darth Vader on it. Ah, <laughs> nice. My, uh, there's my, my a guy. Movie. There's a guy who streams <laughs> on our channel uh, who has. Yeah. I was kind of jealous because I've just got a generic PS4. Yeah. Uh, I see that. <laughs> yeah. Third world, first world problems here. Eh? Oh, I've got a generic PS4. I'm really upset. I've got a PS4. Uh, yeah, I'm really upset. But no, um, I did kind of. What made me kind of go, "That's awesome!" Is he got the when the Batman, uh, when the Batman uh, thing came out, he got the limited yeah. edition with the uh, light. So when his uh, when his PS4 lights up, it's got the bat symbol, and I'm like, "That's pretty awesome." He's even got the analogs have uh, have the bat symbol on. I'm like, "That's just ridiculously cool." But anyway, but yeah, so. <laughs> Um, it's funny you say that because I did a little segue. Um, I watched an episode of Graham Norton when they had Liam Neeson and Patrick Stewart on, and there's a famous bit of them uh, comparing merchandise where Graham Norton has Picard, 
it kind of as being transported. So you press a button and he does the transport and noise and it goes. And then you've got Liam Neeson's character in Star Star Wars who you press a button and he does this whole like dancing silhouette with a lightsaber in there. And and they laugh because they do Liam Neeson's one first and then they go, now Picard's and he just makes a noise and then like Patrick Sturek goes, oh God, like this is just so, this is just so embarrassing (laughs) because you compare the two merchandise and his is like a huge giant thing that does a bunch of stuff and Picard's yeah. is just a thing that makes a noise and glows and it's just like yeah it's that's kind of, I just thought that was funny because it compares what we just talked about I see um, they're, they're relying on Star Trek fans to use their imagination more yeah. you see they, they have to they have to feed Star yeah, you Wars you have to literally fans, think what it would be like yeah exactly yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah they have to show yeah, them what it, to yeah. do with it that must be it <laughs> yeah. Yeah. no so I, I, yeah Force Awakens really really excited by it um, JJ Clearly, that clearly is a fan of it at the very least. Yeah, yeah, we know, and and I think he's. I think we're going to be impressed. From people have been saying, you know, they've seen half the film already, and and they're really impressed with what they've seen. I think it will make us forget. Will it make us forget the first three? <laughs> I don't have a problem. To be honest, I don't have a problem with the with the prequels. I can watch them, and I can watch them as entertainment. I watch the I watch four, five, and six, and watch them and go. This is. A, I kind of. A I kind of. Uh, have the attitude of now. I didn't when I first saw them. I thought these were rubbish, but. Now I kind of have the attitude of that they weren't made for me because they were meant they were meant for a much younger audience and at the time that yeah. they first came out I'd sort of got beyond it but um, because they they went with the decision of having it because you know the, the the original what made the original Star Wars is so interesting is because of the subject matter you know it's quite yeah. terrifying you know the the yeah. there's some very sort of like depressing um, you know serious stuff you know. A, yeah, discovering who his father was and uh, yeah, good versus yeah. evil, and that's much more honed and much more sort of um, it has a real finality to it. Whereas um, the other ones were quite more cartoony and sort of free spirited, yeah. um, and I just kind of then I kind of understand it more having that frame of mind about it. Um, so yeah, I, I don't sort of dismiss them as much as I did, but yeah, I, I, it does seem like they're going to be sort of somewhere in between. It's going to be sort yeah. of them, but with the new, with the new, with the old stuff as well. Um, I mean, to, to crowbar on, because obviously, you know, you do a, a website and, and blog and, and, and yeah. talk about Star Trek a lot. What do you think about how JJ did with, with the, the, the new ones since like 2009 or whatever it was when they, when when Star Trek came yeah. out? What did you, what did I, you think of it? So I, I, I saw both of the, you know, the 09 and, and Into Darkness pretty much on the first day of release. Um, I actually saw Into Darkness at midnight. <laughs> I went to it and there were like seven of us in the cinema. Okay. Um, and I, I really liked the 2009 one. It was mm-hmm. fresh. It was different. It had that kind of new spirit to it. Yeah, okay, there were, it was a reboot and there were new people playing the characters and they, and they JJ had taken that alternative universe piece, which he even says in the film, it's an alternative universe. Um, and I get what he did with it and he he opened it to a bigger audience. You know, you've got to look at the takings that it, that it took and it was mm-hmm. huge. It took a lot of money. Yeah. And that's it was like why they half made a billion second. or something. I'd have to, I don't know, last sense, probably much more than that, but it was easily and, the most successful Star yeah. Trek, wasn't it? Yeah. And all the Metacritic scores, and you look at everything, all the results that got it, and I keep, people keep forwarding them to me. Going, whenever I slate, slate the first these two films, or I make comment about them, somebody usually emails me the the Metacritic score, yeah. which Who is cares? quite high. Roger and, Egbert and, says and, it's good. But it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. This this guy who saw it, and but it's it's. It shows you that it, it appealed to the general, a bigger audience. It appealed to the general public because they wanted that action film. It's, it, it speaks to me about how culture has changed. And it says to me that we are now a much more, and it's to do with the generational change as well. 
It's about how this generation now want everything kind of not spoon fed, but they want it now and they want it here. Mm-hmm. And we had to wait for things like we had to wait for. So yeah, we had to wait be for ready when it's two. ready. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it'll be ready when it comes. And, and you know, we, we we have to wait for. We used to have to wait for two years for a TV series. So mm-hmm. you know, I remember watching Wogan. Wogan, hey, in nineteen eighty seven with with Patrick Stewart on it, mm-hmm. talking about him starting next year. Mm-hmm. And then having to wait three years to watch the episode that he'd been talking about in that, and and, and but you wouldn't have to do that now. It'd be case it's of like Patrick DVD. It's like that. DVD, um, DVD things. You know, they would they were the DVDs for films. I remember Simon Pegg mentioning this that the DVDs would be nine months after something six. like that. Now they're now three to six oh. months, depending on what it was. You know, um, so it's half, literally half the time. So yeah, you're quite right in what you said. Yeah, it's the way that the culture has changed and. and Star Trek had to change with it. Whether or not it changed the right way is, is debatable. Yeah. It's because for, for fans of the Prime Universe, like myself, mm-hmm. um, yeah, there were differences there. It wasn't quite the... It didn't have quite the moral story. It didn't have... Maybe, it wasn't quite as thinking man Star Trek as, as Next Gen or the original series was. Yeah, it was a lot more action-orientated, a lot flashier. They'd been shopping at Ikea quite a bit for the bridge. And... And it was a lot, it was a lot, it was very different, but it was really, you know what? It was cool. And it made Trek cool. Thanks, Gallery, by the way, has just linked your Instagram thing on, on chat. So that's cool. <laughs> Job people have a look, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that cookie clock yeah. is a killer. It was, it yeah. was on the back page of the TV guide. My wife went, have you seen this? Um, <laughs> yeah, like, we're getting comments. No. We're getting comments. It's awful. Yes. If anybody can find something worse, can somebody please link me in? to a worse piece of Star Trek merchandise than that. And that is brand new merchandise as well. That is this year. So if you can find something worse, link me into it, please. Bear with, bear with, me. I'm gonna, bear with me. I'm going to open it on my thing so I can comment. It's horrific. Let it load. Might um, take a while because I am streaming, obviously. Yeah, as we say. But, but then uh, Into Darkness. Into Darkness. Uh, okay. Oh, with this, with an Enterprise as the... <laughs> it's the <laughs> um, that's, aw- that's awesome. Uh, it's it's poor, so it? It's just really... Tar- oh, it actually... What, oh, what noise does it make? Oh, it, t- it t- makes t- the theme tune. Oh God, that would that would drive you insane at some point, surely. Yeah, I said to the wife, "Should we get one?" And she was like, "Every hour, it's going to go off on the theme tune. I would actually destroy this thing." That's a bit like, like that episode I... of Only Fools and Horses where he gets the uh, he gets the the doorbell that plays like thirty national anthems. My parents had one. Then. <laughs> oh My parents God! Had those, and you could choose the tune on it. Every, oh and man! It was let's saving. Yeah, that's that's a you know what that's a whole podcast in itself. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah JJ did he did they needed into darkness and I. I I watched it and I came out of the cinema at three in the morning hoping that I was, I, I remember doing a, 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 there's a, there's a piece on my, on my YouTube channel which gets really underused and it was, I videoed myself before I went in going, what am I expecting from this film? And I, I talked about it and I came out and I was just deflated mm-hmm. and I wanted to come out feeling like really on fire and really excited about it. But because he'd done the unspeakable and, and effectively rewritten Ratha Khan mm-hmm. badly, mm-hmm. It didn't work, and I really hope now with with Beyond and and you know it looks like Beyond's going to be different. It's going to be a unique story. It's going to be about the five year mission. Yeah, I think and and Peg's behind it, and there is so much riding on this because it's fiftieth anniversary, because Simon Peg's writing it, because we've got a brand new director, and and I really don't know what to expect. And I've just isn't it? Who's doing it? Isn't it? Yeah, just it's just Lynn, 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 Fast and Furious. Yeah. And it's got, you know, Sufi Batella, who was in Kingsman, and it's got a lot of big names who are associated with this. You've know, got Idris Elba in there, and, and, and they're really plugging this. And I really fear that this, that it's got to work because I don't know whether. I, thing is, say, oh, well, they won't make another one. 
But Into Darkness made like a ton of money. Mm-hmm. And if they keep making a ton of money, more than the next gen films did, more than you know, Six and, and First and Final Frontier did, then they'll keep making them. Because if yeah. they're making tons of money, then why are they not going to keep making them? If we don't like them as fans, then that's our fault because it's still getting a load of people into the cinemas who are still yeah, watching it. Yeah, I mean, I finally got around to watching it. Like, uh, for some bizarre reason, I just didn't see it when it first came out. Like, I was Star Trek. I, the first Star Trek, the reincarnation, I saw straight as soon as it came out. But, but Into Darkness, for whatever reason, I didn't watch it until not that long ago. And I actually, like, uh, tweeted about like my... Uh, and I, I, we do, I play Star Trek online Friday nights uh, on this yeah. channel. And so I just ranted about it like during the time I was playing. I was going, I just saw it in the darkness and I was just like, ah, there's so many things wrong with that damn film. Like, you know, just, there's, there's so many yeah. things that just angered me. Like, well, not angered I me, love- but it, 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 as you, you kind of touched on it really well, I thought, when you mentioned yeah. when you left at three in the morning, it was like, I had that kind of kind of despondent feel about it when it ended. I just was, and, it, and there's, there's a point in the film where Khan's in the brig and he's explaining yeah. why he's doing the, the things he's doing. <laughs> yeah, and you go and... That took me. It took that took me this long to get there. Yeah. And I'm kind of wanting this to be over. And I've never yeah. felt that way about a Star Trek film, even some of the worst ones, like the, the, the first, like the first one. But yeah, I just I, I I really sat there and I went. It's been like two hours. They've just mentioned the plot now, and I'm kind of done with this. And I, yeah. and I and I really felt like, and I said it felt like a kind of grind to finish the film, and I was kind of like. I just don't know. Yeah, as you say, there's so many things wrong with it. I think everyone. I think the fact that Khan, it's obvious it's Khan, and they yeah. and they don't really mention it, and and you yeah. kind of used in a really odd way, and I don't know. There's just there's there's a lot of stuff wrong with it. I think to I have really the like Enterprise inside the ocean as well. That was really oh. bizarre. Um, I know. But there you go. That's I, I like Peter Weller. I think Peter Weller has a great part in it. Yeah, actually, so great. Peter Weller is one of the highlights of that film. Yeah, um, and he's he's superb. And I, when he and we want to hunt those bastards down, and you're like, you know what, just can go and get them. And I love it. It's great. But he, but it's a shame because there's so. And you say that you can go through that film. And you go, I really don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like. That. And it's because they reuse so many lines from from Wrath of Khan. Mm-hmm. They you re, they they try to make it a homage. They try to appease the fans. They try to appease the new audience, and it just crashed mm-hmm. and and yeah okay so, so it made a load of money and loads of people wouldn't see it and they probably enjoyed it because it was a really good action film yeah. but from a Trek point of view it was really poor Yeah. but who cares because it still made a load of money and they've got they've got beyond now and, and that you know we've got no real idea what that's about we've got no real idea who, maybe, who's playing what maybe I, they listened well, because getting Simon to do it I mean Simon's yeah. a well known huge Trek fan so as soon as yeah. I heard he was doing that I was at least kind of going yeah well maybe they will and obviously, it's a different director who may have a different way of approaching it. So, you know. Yeah. But the problem, I guess the problem I have is everyone's like, I, I don't deny that Justin Lin's a great director because I went to see The Last Fast and the Furious or the one before. There's been that many yeah. of them, whatever one it was. Yeah. But, um, and I and I thought it was very, very well, very well made. And I had no yeah. issue with the direction of it. But um, it makes you kind of do think as a Trek fan that maybe it is going to be even more action orientated because. The Fast and the Furious is literally like what we just described, isn't it? I remember the one, the Fast and Furious that I saw, they all have like a, a team meeting and go, we're going to go after her. And it's like, okay, that took an hour just to go, we're going to take the mission. It's like, okay, well, you, could, you could have solved that in the first 10 minutes. But yeah, so yeah. I'm worried that it's going to be all action heavy, but maybe, maybe who knows? But, um, that's, but, but then the, the box office is, that's what it wants. Yeah. That's what the box office wants. If you look at the, you know, the big it's films. It's a different generation, yeah. Everybody hates Transformers, but it still makes a ton of money. Mm-hmm. 
I haven't there seen the I haven't seen the last one. Uh, the last Transformers. It's, it's a long but, film. It's very disappointing yeah, at the end yeah. when you get to the end and you go, I get ten minutes of Dinobots. I get ten <laughs> minutes. I paid this much money and I get ten minutes of robot dinosaurs. And I was sitting there going, it's robot, robot dinosaurs. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like with uh, Pacific Rim. You kind of want. Uh, uh, I haven't seen Pacific Rim yet, but apparently that's like probably going to adhere to my. I don't know if have you ever have you ever heard of you know speaking of sort of early nineties because what we've been touching on. Have you ever heard of a film called Robot Jocks? It's something yeah. that I. It's something that I. It's it's what I I I end the podcast by saying crash and burn. Um, I've which, heard of it. I've and, never um, seen. Uh, Gary Oldman. Gary. Um, Gary Oldman. Gary. Um, Gary Graham. Who's in? Because I want to touch on actually because yeah. we touched on because Gary Graham was in Star Trek is in Star Trek Exana, Ax- um, which is Axanar. Yeah. Axanar keeps saying that wrong, um, and uh, I got abused from it by Alex Peters who does the damn thing. He was like, "You say that wrong," um, but uh, yeah, so he's in that, and uh, it leads me to talk about because he he talked about which I felt he was a little harsh in some of the 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 fan films that have came out of of Star Trek, and there's been a bunch yeah. of others. You know, Lord of the Rings has some famous. Uh, uh, there's got some good examples of that. Yeah. Um, uh, what, what's your sort of take on on the sort of the the Star Trek that's come out of it? I don't know what the situation is with Captain Wharf either. I know that's been sorted <sighs> around for a while. Um, oh, what do you think about sort of? Sorry, I, I apologize. <laughs> um, if I if I had a dime, time, somebody mentioned the series, I'd have like three three dimes. Um, <laughs> I. I I have a real issue with the continued batting around of the Captain Sulu or the Captain Wharf series that, that people keep going, oh, it'll get made. It won't, it won't get made. It won't. I'm going to categorically say I do not believe that, that a Sulu series or a Wharf series will get made because... I had no idea a Sulu, I had no idea a Sulu, a the, Sulu series was going to be made. I did not yeah, know. there was a George Takei wanted, wanted to do a, a Captain Sulu series at some point. And I... But the Wharf series is the big one that kind of captures everybody. And yeah, he, there mentioned was one... it. he mentioned it when he was on Nerdist. Yeah. He said that they were going to do a Kickstarter. I don't know. That, that was the last I heard of it. But um... Yeah. And, and, and it's the whole muffin campaign that he came up with and things like that. And I just, I just get quite bored of hearing it again and again and again that this Wharf series is still out there. And I just think Wharf is probably the one character you wouldn't want to do a series with because he's been... He is the most used character in Star Trek. He was in seven seasons of Next Gen. He was in... Four, five, six, and seven of DS Nine. He's done four motion pictures. Do you really want some more Wolf? Do you? I mean, somebody's probably going. Yes, we want more Wolf. But no, I, I, I just wouldn't. I would have picked. You know, I would pick Go Go Fresh. And I know that that Paramount and CBS had conversations with the guy who owned the Star Trek Beyond website name because he created his own series and allowed him to pitch that series to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was called was it Andromeda. I can't remember what they they changed it into. I did I did a piece on it and my opinion on it. <laughs> which was basically not a chance. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, they, they, you know that the part of his deal to get by the website name would have been, you let me pitch my series to you. Mm-hmm. It's kind of clear that that would have been the case. But I th- I think the Wharf series is a bad idea. Um, I think it has to be something new. It has to be something fresh that they do. And I think, I mean, there's a, there are some really good fan, fan films and fan series out there. There are really good ones. Continues is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's superb. Phase 2 keeps moving on in leaps and bounds. Yep. Um, you've got Axanar, which is just... The, the prelude was just sublime. And there's a lot of stuff coming out of that. And they're starting to do the filming now. We've, we've had the first kind of scenes that we've seen of Gary Graham, actually, doing that, mm-hmm. that first scene from Axanar. Yep. Um, and there's a load of other stuff out there. There's a load of other fan films, that, that series that you can get, Farragut, Valiant. Um, I can I can keep going and name tons of them, but I, 
we could be here for days. Yeah, and I remember worth... they were just touching about Riker. Sorry, just, I was just mentioning, yeah, Riker, because wasn't there a, a jokey idea that um, Marina and Marina and Jonathan said they wanted to do the, what was it called? The um, the Rikers or something. They wanted to on do the it on the Titan, yeah. And I was just yeah. like, God in hell, man. <laughs> just, just let it, let it, let it yeah. die. Let yeah, it die. You did I... the last you did the last episode of Enterprise. Just, just let it. Okay, die. let's play. Let's play. Let's play a little quick. Let's play a little quick game, Clive. Right? Go on. I am. Go. On. I am the owner of Paramount or CBS. Whoever owns currently. Well, I know it's probably a combination okay. of the two. I own okay. the Star Trek franchise, yeah. and uh, you're coming in to a meeting and saying to me, and I'm saying to you, right, Clive? I hear you got you. You would like to do a Star Trek series. So, yeah. playing this game, what would you pitch? What would I pitch? Yeah. Um, I think looking at going from today's TV standards, you would have to go for something that is a 13 episode series. Mm-hmm. I think you would go for a shorter run. You would go for something where you are not guaranteeing that the entire cast is going to survive until the end of the show. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you look at how series go now, like you would have to have a clear, yeah, and things like that. You would have to, and 24 and whatever's come before, yeah. you would have to look at it and go, you want the cast that I would put into this show would not be the same cast that would end it. It would have to be realistic. And I think that's what you've got to pitch with Trek now is that it's got to be as gritty and realistic as possible and still keep that optimistic future. So, yeah, we put it back on the ship. We have a crew that we're not going to guarantee is going to survive, but we'll we'll join them on this journey as we go through them. I think maybe it could be that the, the universe has been obliterated by a Borg attack, the Federation is rebuilding, or have we got a corrupt Federation that it's evolved to a point where it bigly believes it's so arrogant and, and up its own behind. It's like and we go some... from there. Uh, I don't know, like, uh, if you've looked into Star Trek Online, but I'm a huge fan of that. There's an MMO, and in that set, I think something like 50 years after Voyager, and yeah. there's a bunch of stuff that's gone on in that that's very interesting. Yeah. I mean, obviously, even just having the characters have developed because, yeah, um, uh, because if I remember correctly, like um, Seven and Nine's part of a part of the like Omega Directive or whatever it's called, and. And um, uh, data isn't data. I think is captain of the Enterprise. Um, yeah. Picard's retired, and as we became ambassador, and then he ends up going back to retire in in France. Um, and so was, I mean, but there's the the point I'm making is there's a bunch of there's a bunch of of you know you can have you could because my, my, my what I think it's a kind of a halfway house with me. I agree with you completely. It has to be something. I don't understand why they don't just do something in the future because I don't think going back to the beginning with Enterprise in the long run was a good idea. Yeah, okay, it was an interesting premise, you can argue. Yeah. But I think they were, again, it's a decision that led to it having a short lifespan. Um, yeah. Whereas if you said it in the future, my, my pitch would be, set it far off in the future that you can't have them regularly being around. But if you want to have guest appearances to have Star yeah. Trek fans happy to see somebody, you could do that in a one, one or two episodes, have somebody kind of like, you know, imagine like running a starship with have a whole new set of people, but then have you know Data in charge of the Enterprise coming in and, and saving the crew and going, oh yeah, well well done, you had a good job. Because also in Star Trek Online, because it's an MMO and and they want to yeah. they want to have confrontation. There's a bunch of stuff going on that that are that is you know the 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 with the um the Avonians is it what what are they called the Avonians uh, the Iconians uh, Iconians that's it yes. Which so apparently more, uh, we mentioned about yeah. the trill is supposedly the the how they got around that in the canon is say that that was uh, what the, what the Iconians did is that tr- trill is actually a weapon. 
um, that they put in, which is a very bizarre. That, that, that was mentioned earlier in chat, which I forgot to mention. But um, but yeah, they're doing a whole they're doing a whole thing with the Iconians right now that you have to go back time and there's a temporal direct there's a temporal officer who hires you and the temporal prime directive and it's very very interesting. Um, and 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 as a fan of Star Trek, I mean, I love that MMO. I constantly say it's one of the See, best I, MMOs out there. I, I've um, tried it. I'm I'm not convinced. I mean, I've, I, one of the things I've recently done about I've done kind of a, a chunk of interviews recently. One of them was with the guys behind Timelines. Which oh, yeah. is the new game that's coming, and and that looks great. And I talked to Rich Gallup, who's the the exec producer on that, and and that's coming up in a, in a couple of weeks. So if you want to hear a bit, find a bit more about what cool. the game inside of it, then that I've got that. I've tried to get into online. Somebody needs to kind of give me a little bit of a punt. So if there is anybody out there who wants to kind of help me, and I am always looking for people actually to to write some stuff about online because I don't have that coverage. Mm-hmm. So I would I would I want to expand into that kind of area. Um, I know one of the I have a guy who who does a fan series actually, which is based on there for um, Starfinder, um, which is off off um, online. Uh, and so I talked to him, and he's he's developed that as a as a, a uh, an audio series. Um, so I have kind of dipped into it, but I I still can't. I don't know what it is with me. Maybe it's just maybe it's just me. Maybe I came to it too late. But I, I just... mean, it's it's. I mean, boring. I, I I guess I'm relating to. I mean, even if you don't like, you know, because the video game has some. You know, it's it's. Uh... Um, it's it has its issues in terms of you know it's a very simple game it's quite a simple game and it gets more complex as it gets yeah. on so you know you can you can make an argument of the mechanics of the game you might not like but I'm just saying from the perspective of the the story arcs that they've come out with because yeah. the episodes is great because one of the things I really like about it because MMOs in general very often get you to do just stuff repeating over and over again or they'll get you to grind yeah. stuff out and the, the the missions are very like eh, you're not really bothered or you know like in lord of the rings it's like kill 50 sheep and you get a reward or whatever and you're like i don't care i don't care i don't care and I'm, this is like quite cruel uh, whereas in what they've done with star trek is majority of yeah. the time you as you level up every level has an episode in it and it's like a really big episode arc that goes like yeah. from one sector to another so instead of being in just one little area you might go to vulcan or like new vulcan which it is now and go there and, and do a mission and then it'll send you back to earth to pick somebody up and this is all done over one episode arc so you can get to the to, to the final level by doing episodes one at a time and they've really thought about it and every so often they'll bring a new season out and um, like the one that's come out recently that I haven't had a chance to play is that they've got um, Tom Paris and Mural um, the yes. daughter um, yeah. doing, a, doing an arc there and, and uh, Neelix and uh, the Doctor came back for an episode uh, uh, not so long ago so it's it's really 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 well made um, and, uh, but, and, and, and as I say the, the, some of the stories in it I, I'm just saying something could take a, a smidgen of what they do there is a framework and then you know makes make something in the future that we're talking about now yeah it, it, it would be interesting yeah. um i just yeah, I, I mean, i'm the, a little annoyed the novels, the the prequels, yeah. like the prequels or remakes i'm like do something new it's about time you know it's been what how, however long since how long has it been since uh 2005 yeah since enterprise is last sh- series yeah so, 10 years yeah it's 10 years 10 years in in may mm-hmm. um when it when it finished i i I'm quite a big fan of the, the novels, the novel arcs. So I'm reading yeah. um, DS9 Sac- Sacraments of Fire at the moment, and I love how they've taken it through that as well, and the arcs in that, and the, the fall arc, which we had recently. Um, and I got to talk to James Swallow okay. and Una McCormick at, at FCD, actually. Yeah, yeah. I met James at um, UK Games Expo. Um, yeah, I talked to him about that. Yeah. Brilliant. I had a great chat, and he's due to bring out a novel in October, which is a Titan novel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll be interested oh, nice. to see kind of what, what he brings into that. But yeah, the whole the the, the the art they've spent off into that has been really good. I tried to read 
some of the, the TOS novels that have been recently around, but because you kind of understand that there's a framework they have to kind of stick to, there's not a lot you can do with a TOS novel. I'm getting quite bored of the TOS novels. Uh-huh. But with the, the DS9 next gen and that art that they're pushing on past, you know, past ne- post Nemesis, yeah. it's really good. Um, and then kind of tying back into what I said earlier on, and Gary Graham kind of comes into this as well, and, and Renegades, um, which I've actually been really disappointed with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, 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 know, I can see that what they want to do with it, and I can see where it's going, and they're going to do another one. But I just don't know whether I like what they did with it. I think there was a lot of money put into it, and a lot of fans' money. I don't know whether it was done right. I know, I know that the script got changed quite a lot, and I talked to, to yeah. Manu in Tirami. Uh, about Renegades and, and what happened and, and the character that he thought he was playing and that he he envisaged playing Egypt was completely different from the first draft and was completely different from what he played in Voyager mm-hmm. and it changed so much that I think Renegades is is, is so you know Tuvok isn't Tuvok in it. Yeah, Chekhov this, this Chekhov was this it. was touched on earlier that, that <laughs> Renegades seems to have not a great. Uh, not a great uh, appeal, but um, no. I, I don't know. You'll, I, like the, you'll like the review when it comes out later on tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you mentioned that you were reviewing it later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's going to go live uh, later on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I, 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 don't mean this, I don't mean to say this to be controversial, but the part of me, and I, I know you kind of touched on it, but I'm not speaking for you, but it seems like you yeah. were hinting at this, but um, the problem I have with this is because it's been so long, like we touched on just now, that it's been so yeah. long since it's a series. I find yeah. that people are using that as an excuse to crowbar in to make a bunch of fan stuff. And my problem with that is, is that it, there could be an element of people push it, pulling at the the heartstrings of of Trek mm-hmm. fans who want to see something as good as what they saw previously. And there's a bunch of people doing a bunch of fan stuff, which is fine yeah. if it's good and and it's fine if they've got the right you know approach to it. But the but the there are the the problem I have with that there'll be someone down the line who'll take advantage of that and go, yeah, we're, we're we like Star Trek. We'll make a good fan film and then take someone's right. money and do a really crap version of yeah. it. There um, are some really bad ones out yeah. there, and I openly admit there are some real. If you go on YouTube and you, you will, you will find them. There are some horrifically bad ones. I mean, there's good ones like um, Horizon, which is an Enterprise era one that, that's coming. Um, Axanar is going to be an example, which is going to be. The thing is, we're, are we overhyping it? We overhyped Renegades because the cast was stellar, mm-hmm. and then we got something that was. Meh. And and could the same be true with Axanar? I mean, they they raised that ton of money yeah it was over a million dollars or something. It. Yeah, yeah it's just it's scary yeah. amount of cash to get a studio to do this production is, built their own sound axanar. space and all this kind of stuff yeah. so it's going to be really is, good is ax- yeah but it's but is, is it gonna is it gonna disappoint us the way the renegades is disappointed that we've, we've pumped a load of money into this i've 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 given given money to axanar mm. um and i'm just just wary after having seen renegades are we going to get something the same? but then then the era and the way that they did it and that's why continues works is because they're in the original series they can get away with cardboardy sets yeah because it's it, they're using that, that era and they're using the tos kind of feel and it because it costs less to do that era and that's where renegades kind of fell apart is because they're trying to do something futuristic on a on a budget that that you know continues or phase two might want to use yeah um, i should mention uh, if you guys are interested yeah. uh, just because people are mentioning accident on the chat um I was, uh, I actually, we did uh, an, an, an episode with Alec Peters, um, yeah. 87th, I think it was. So if you go on, uh, if you go on the, the podcast or on our site, you can listen to what, yeah. to what Alex said, but, um, we talked about, um, you know, the money and what he's going to do with it and various other things and the cast, because the cast in that is insanely good. Um, I mean, you know, I, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Gary Graham, which I just touched on, but, um, but, yeah. uh, but, um, you know, getting, 
getting all the guys, you know, Richard, Richard Hatch, uh, yeah, and JJ, yeah, which is a huge <laughs> deal, and Tony, I forgot his last name, but the Alpha Alpha Herosian, um, Tony, what's his name? Yeah. Um, Tony uh, Todd. Tony Todd. That's I've met guy. him. He's a great guy. He's is he as really tall? Like I, I, I asked, I asked, I asked, is he as tall as he looks? He, he looks, looks huge. huge. I met him. I met him. At, that's the one I talked about when I met when I saw Anthony, Anthony Montgomery for the movie. Oh, yeah. And and I met Tony Todd there. Um, and he is. I mean, the guy is. He's got a big handshake as well. <laughs> he is a really tall. I've got a photograph somewhere. I'll try and find. I'll try and dig it out and stick it on on, on Twitter or Instagram. Um, but he was. He was. A really genuinely a great guy to chat to and I was chatting to him for sort of 10 15 minutes um but really really nice uh and he was Good signing voice. stuff from Trans- actually oddly, oddly enough he was he was signing stuff from transformers revenge of the fallen as well because he was oh yeah he was he the was, baddie in that. yeah exactly he yeah. was the fallen so he was signing stuff for that and, and he signed i got a picture of, of him as jake from the visitor nice. I, that's one of my favorite ds9 episodes okay um but yeah he um the the, the cast is is just mind-blowingly amazing they've got um and uh they've got soul um ty's wife from battlestar in there as well i can't remember her name and it'll kill me because she was also in an episode um, the of voyage blonde girl yeah the bond lady yeah i remember um uh, kate kate something isn't it um vernon kate vernon that's it kate yes. vernon, who was also in uh, a voyager episode in the flash Yes, um, she was a um, four seven two. Yes, exactly. Yeah, undyne, undyne. If you're on uh, online, of course. Yes, undyne. Yeah, you see, see, I do know. You do know <laughs> something, yeah, because uh, the yeah the first episode is uh, the, yeah. yeah they're they're inf- yeah that that would be an interesting arc as well yeah because they're infiltrating the Federation by being yeah, uh, yeah. even though they said yeah. even though they said in Voyager they wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> they're little, yeah. they're little liars. <laughs> yeah. Blighters, yeah. those eight four seven twos. Yeah, so it's it's. I think it's got a lot of potential. Uh, I mean, I I do follow a lot of web series, and, and one of the things that I do on on some kind of Star Trek is I do give a lot of space to to fan series because I like the effort that they put in. Oh yeah. And I can see that the, I can see that the heart is in there. And also, and we've covered things like extra and all God's sort of, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, yeah, and 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 it's worth mentioning. It's worth mentioning that. Um, you know, if they you you're in the media outlet, you know, wearing it right now as we're talking, yeah. and and you're gonna have people who are gonna look at stuff and go and go, this isn't for me, or I don't like it. So it's yeah. not necessarily that it's it could be bad. It could just be that people just go, that didn't work. So yeah, I'm always of an attitude of that you should give people a chance to do something. Um, but as yeah. I say, there'll be yeah. somebody somewhere. You know, Kickstarter has this. Kickstarter has this. Uh, you know sort of reputation that there's people who are just going to take your money and because it's not really policed you're going to get someone who's going to yeah. take advantage of, of someone who's legitimately wanting to see a good star trek um so yeah it's 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 a it's a it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting it's an interesting viewpoint i mean the more star trek the better i just wish they'd make a series i mean i just i do wish that they do like a a main canon yeah. show i mean it would be great i think, I think with the technology the way it is now it would be friggin amazing as well um the, the sky would literally not be the limit <laughs> um, yeah, you know it absolutely. would be great i mean the, there are some you look at you're talking about sort of fan uh, series that are getting funded and things like that and you look at series that actually didn't get the funding that they wanted so things like um, equinox didn't get its funding and it's, yeah. it's done, kind of still struggling out there in whatever realm what was, the Captain was it in relation to was it in relation to the it was, yeah it had um john savage was was actually john savage Played Rudy Ransom yeah. in, in the Equinox episode. He was part of that, and, and did it he just die? didn't. How did he die? He did though? die at the end of it. Oh, there's. <laughs> oh, oh. Don't don't even go there. So that's a whole different thing about why he's still alive, and whatever. But they 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 did that as a potential, and that that kind of exists somewhere. And there's another series called Cap- the Captain Pike series that 
I talked to the guy behind it and it was going to be amazing and massive and that just didn't kind of kick off properly. Um, and there's a, there's a series which is called Anthology, which I really like and I like the, the idea behind it, but they, they know they went the wrong way about their Kickstarter and, and they're doing it independently now and they're, they're seeing a lot better success because they've gone a different route to, to, to bring it out. Um, but yeah, there, it's kind of saturation level with fan films at the moment and, and some really good and there is some awful stuff out there. And, and again... If you said about bad Star Trek products, there are some really, really bad ones out there. And, and unfortunately, Renegades could end up being one of those that is remembered as being really bad. Because mm-hmm. we expected something better than The Gods and Men, yeah. which was the 2008 one that Tim Ross also had a finger, yeah, finger yeah. in with, with Will Tainig. Uh, and that was okay. And you know what? Because at the time it was uh, it, it oh, came like across to uh, Yeah, it probably was kind of the nice... start of it as well. You can make an argument of it was the start of this happening. Yeah, so they were. It's a nice hug. Yeah. It was yeah. a bit of a hug. And kind of, oh yeah, we really like it. Oh, it was it was really nice. Yeah. And then you went, hey, well, we're going to do another one. It's going to be amazing. It's going to battles. It's going to have spaceships. It's going to. And then they did renegades. <laughs> yeah. anyway. And they were like, oh. <laughs> what happened, guys? <laughs> um, all I'm going to say is, who the hell designed those uniforms? Because that. But anyway, yeah. let's let's skip on from renegades before I get myself into a lawsuit. Well, yeah, uh, I mean, we've which... we've went for about uh, just over an hour and a half now, so I think we need to wrap this up. But yeah, um, I'm um, really sorry. To no, no, it's okay. No, no, it's <laughs> awesome. Um, people have seen have really enjoyed it, which is awesome. So, um, uh, I just wanted to say just um, so just to touch on, I mean, we've 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 touched on it throughout, but yeah. So, so in a nutshell, what kind of stuff you know does some kind of Star Trek do? Because I know we touched on it at the um, beginning, saying where it started. But um, yeah. what can you expect if one would go on your site? If you were going to go on there, it really depends. To be honest, it's what kind of mood I'm in and, and what I'm doing at the time. There are certain things which happen throughout the month. So we will do, we've started doing Attack Wing reviews recently. And I've started to kind of get into the game a bit more. Um, and we regularly do the the, the, the Star Trek's collect, the Starship's collection from Eagle Moss. So we, every month we do the two issues of that. And that is pretty much kind of our, almost our linchpin now. It, it's recognised as something we do, we do, well, I do really, I say we. Yeah, it's me. Um, and we do that every month uh, and get really good figures off that. Uh, and beyond that, it kind of goes into I'll do something on an opinion piece. Or I've seen something on the news that I've seen and I want to talk about, or there'll be an episode that we review, or we talk to a fan series. And we've got, just to give you an idea of kind of interviews that I've got that I've not finished writing yet, we had Manu Interarmy, I interviewed, which went live last week about his role in Voyager and, and Renegades and the stuff that he's doing now. And that was a really great piece and I loved speaking to it. Mm-hmm. I've got a massive piece with Larry Nemechek, which is due. Mm-hmm. Nice. I haven't even started writing it up yet because it's huge and we just kept going. And it was like, I've how got do to go. You, what kind of, how does your interview form take? Do you write, do you write, do you just write it as an article? Or? No, it's audio. It's, it's oh. audio. So I audio record everything. So I have a, a record that if anybody tries to sue me, okay, then I've yeah. got a record of what they said. Uh, and then it's, I, I basically type it up. So okay, I, yeah. I have minor typing qualifications, so I kind of just batter away and, and get it through. So um, I've done, we've tried to do audio interviews with YouTube and it just doesn't, it didn't work and it wasn't right. And it took ages to get them sorted. And, and, and I prefer to write it because I can kind of work in other stuff to the, to what they're talking about. Um, I like that got, form. I like yeah. that form of interviews, actually. I mean, I wish if we, if we, if we had the time to do it with our schedule on here and various yeah. other things, I think I would probably audio, I would probably transcript the interviews or at least do a summary. Yeah. So yeah, no, I, I understand that completely. So that's, that's it's a hard thing. And then we got, yeah, we've got book reviews in there and we've got product reviews. If something comes out that kind of just I like or I didn't like, I'm, I must do that cookie clock. And seriously, if anybody is out there and, and, and they want to talk about online, I, I really have a, a, a market for somebody to want to talk about online. I, I try and do, 
as it says on my thing on there, you know, thoughts, news, reviews, analysis, original voyages to the final frontier. And, and I put that on there because I, I've looked at other blogs that are out there and there are some Star Trek blogs and, and that I've found and literally somebody has gone control C, control V and then just written a paragraph at the top of what, of, of this is an article I found. Yeah. And then copied it in and you're like, that's, that's minimal effort. <sighs> that ha- now, yeah. I, like, I like to think that, and I, that really, really gripes me that there are blogs out there that get hundreds of people watching them, and you can just go to StarTrek.com and read the same thing. And, and uh, what the James Bain like... reviewed the cuckoo clock. That's what you need to do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, is that is that consensus now? Or doing that? Um, okay, fine. I'll re- you know what? I, I okay, okay. To those of you on the chat, and, and to, to Steve as well, um, I have actually written to the guys who make it and asked him if I can review it. <laughs> he was waiting so for an answer. I'm, I'm waiting for an answer. I may have to go back to them and ask them again. But they are in Stoke, so I could just go and like camp out on their front doorstep. Nice. Um, which is only on the road for me. So so I, 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 I what I do is every piece that I write is, is 100% original. There is nothing copied in there. It is right. a, I, I, People send me press releases and I actually email them back and go, I don't want to do that because everybody else will do that press release. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about it in a different way. So we, we've had people from, you know, anthology. We've got people from, from different series on and we talk about stuff. And then I'll transcribe it or I'll put my opinion on there and that'll kick somebody off to tell me that I, I'm wrong and whatever. But it's about opinion and that's what some kind of Star Trek is about. It's about producing original track material. Um, and if it is a review, it's an original way of doing a review, and, and that's what I try to do. And I know sometimes I kind of go, I need to get back to doing that kind of thought process, or yeah. I'm trying to pump stuff out too often. But you know what? I, I just want to talk about talk about tracking yeah. from my own perspective. And, and I, I welcome guest people. I've, you know, I've had writers from Germany, America, Australia um, who've come on and, and written stuff for us as well. So there's, there's always an opportunity if people want to write track and they want to write original stuff. You know what? Drop me a line. Yeah, exactly. There's a, yeah. There's a place. For you want, if you want to talk track, just just come along. And I know you're going to do a piece for me. Yeah, As you can tell, I, I can. I'll and clearly. Uh... I'm doing a 30 day Star Trek challenge in October, and I've put it on my Instagram as well. And I'm, I've got the list, and it's not the normal generic list. I've changed it around a bit. There are some worse things in there. There are some best things. If people want to come along and join that kind of 30 day Trek challenge, I'm going to do it via Instagram and the site. And every day I'll put a different question up, and we're just going to answer, and we're just going to have a chat about anything. Ooh. That sounds good. Yeah, I'd happily hold uh, that. Yeah, yeah it's a random one. So if people are out there interested, then let me know. But yeah, okay, guys, cool. I'll I'll do the pink cookie clock. But yeah, no, I've always thought about like, yeah, I, mean, I might write because uh, I I remember sort of I've, I have touched on like my you know my love of Red Dwarf was kind of arguably yeah. my start of me you know lo- loving the stuff that I love now, and you know, and st- but Star Trek. I mean, I, I watch Red Dwarf all the time as well, but Star Trek is just like, you know, as I say, I have a Star Trek tattoo, so I'm like, um, I mean, you know, it really means a great deal to me um, because it just, it, 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 as I, I guess the best way I described it was when I was with, uh, when I was with Simon from, uh, from a Engage podcast where yeah. I just said to him, no matter what mood I'm in, I always feel what, I always want to watch a Star Trek episode. So if I'm in a good mood and I end the day by, you know some downtime i'll watch an episode because it and i'll enjoy it if i'm not feeling particularly great i'll watch an episode and it'll reinforce that things are all right like you know it, it, it's i, I love no, it I for that and it also because i have a thinking analytical mind um it's fantastic for me because it just lets me think in a framework that i can kind of specify it so no i mean i, I would totally you know be willing to talk about star trek because it, it's 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 something that never has left me um even when my, my wife would prefer that i talk to you about it than her because she yeah. just i think she, she she's almost suicidal the amount of really? that i talk sometimes um, like, is she is she oh, a fan at all or does she just tolerate it um no but she is now my wife is coming to fcd 
Ah, oh, awesome. Because well, I, meet, I, I don't, know if, you've, I don't yeah. know if you've caught this or not, but we're doing. So my wife is a is a very talented baker, and I'm saying that oh, nice. one. She's my wife, and she, two, she is an yeah. amazing time. We're doing Star Trek cakes. Nice. I shall. For FCD, and the proceeds will will we'll be going to the charity, the Nick Holt charity that the FCD is is doing. It's sponsoring. So yeah, we're sure. spending like three or four days literally baking hundreds of cookies and cakes Very cool. for FCD. There's going to be a Trek. We're going to do some Trek cakes and we'll sell them. And they're going to awesome. be, I'm saying this to the guys, if, anybody, if you've got anybody who's going, uh, who's going to be going to FCD, we will be donating the month, the proceeds from it. We'll be going to the charity. So yeah, we'll awesome. be selling Well, uh, we'll, we'll are, be bringing amazing. A, I put on like, I put on like a stone because really? the cookie making is so good. That, that sounds like a, I was going to say, that sounds like a fun diversion. I would totally be okay with that. I, you're going to be Ooh, literally there. I need to try all these pies. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're literally going to be there on the table. So you're going Fantastic. To... No, no, we, we totally will. As I say, I'm, um, my plan is to bring a bunch of people down uh, to to FCD, so I'm sure we'll 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 uh, we'll have a we'll have a gander and have a have a have a have a have a, have a neat and I'm looking forward to meeting you and your and your wife. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm su- are you just quickly are you um, excited for FCD? I mean, you said I, you've been there last. Were you here? That, that were you at the last one? I was. I was at 2015. I took my dad. Yeah. Nice. 2015. He loved it because he he uh, he dropped me off. He dropped me off in the space center, and then he went around the space center for free. Um, but backwards because he went through the exit. Uh, but yeah, he really enjoyed it. I, I loved it, and we, the talks were great. And it was a very it was quite really small and quite. It's a really intimate venue. It was for the space center. I don't know what Telford's it's going to be like. I'm actually going in uh, November with my dad's the model exhibition for another reason. Um, but I'm going to go to Telford and go and see the venue. For, it's one of the reasons I'm going. Um, but it's a really close environment, and you get very close to the stars. There's going to be the, there's a load of stuff that they're going to be doing this year, and the stuff that you and I know about that's happening that, yeah. that I'm really excited about. Exactly, and I know yeah. you're really excited about. <laughs> and I'm really, really excited about because yeah, yeah. I, I, I go to sleep every night thinking about the things that I that are really excited, and I'm really excited. And I think um, he's really excited, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm real. Genuinely, I'm really excited for yeah. FCD next year. I think it's going to be a landmark event. It's going to be the biggest fan organized event. And I've got to be careful. We've got to be careful. We word this as well. Yeah, San yeah. Diego comic coming out kind of thing, but it's going to be I mean, in the UK. There's nothing else like it. If you are a Star Trek fan in the UK, there is nowhere else. You are going to be able to Nana visitor, Garrett Wong, JG Hertzler, Robert O'Reilly, John Carrigan from Renegade, um, uh, Claudia Christian, Babylon five. Yeah. Yeah. Patricia Tolman, Babylon five Trek, um, Larry Nemechek, um, Doug Drexler, I mean, Matt, this, this, you, you cannot Brilliant. get this kind of, this kind of lineup in that venue. I, I, and apart from Destination Star Trek, which is going to cost you an arm and a leg. And you can go to this and it's going to be, it's a much more intimate venue than you will see at any Yeah, it's, it's in, it, it, one of the, which is why I was so pleased when I interviewed them that they said this, because yeah. this is one of the reasons that I get a little bit despondent about going to the major ones is that, yeah. as, they, as we, as they said in the, the podcast, it's the whole, like leave your wallet at the door. Yeah. Um, that's literally their philosophy, and and I love the fact that as we were touching on, um, yeah. that they that you know as you say you get the intimacy of being around people who you're fans of and are fans yeah. of the show. There's a bunch of people behind the scenes who want to work on it. It's not just yeah. a, they're not volunteering to get a credit or they're just doing it for for all they're being paid to be here and they don't really give you know they don't really care about being there. Um, there's all of there's all of us. Who are uh, there's all of us uh, meet for meet and media who who's going to want to come and see me? Who the no, hell no, is you know what I mean. But like no, but there's all of us who are going to be you know helping run things smoothly yeah. and 
and are gonna like make it even a bigger experience afterwards because we're all gonna have you know we're all gonna like have our own way of, of promoting it afterwards and during and and you know, that 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 honestly in terms of its appeal that's what keeps it in the ethos of, of of it being such a major event is that you get a bunch of people talking about it afterwards so you know we're all going to be part of I, I i it sounds amazing and i and i'm really pleased you know honored to be part You're of it, it. And david never and went, never went david and well David and Will are great guys. Um, I'm I've just hoping, right? Like, like, okay, considering you went to the last one, I, that's all. That's all yeah. I want to know before we end this is is to say, yeah. are the parties going to be good? Because that's all I care about. I love parties at conventions; they're really awesome. Now, oddly <laughs> enough, oddly enough, I didn't go to the party last time because I could only go for the Saturday. Because I, uh, why did I only go for one day? There was a reason why I could only go for one yeah. day. I think it's probably to do with my grand or something. Like a, yeah, um, but I, it was you know I think I think the party last time was quite a small intimate thing. There's a bit of a disco and, and finger food and, and that was a bit and apparently and that that was kind of it. But this time it's going to be in a different venue. It's going to be very you know there's going to be a buffet. There's going to be live music. Mm-hmm. There's a whole different feel to this one that that wasn't with the one at, at Leicester. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to be a great night. And, you know I'm, I'm sure we're going to there'll be a few of us who kind of sit down and have a chat and and knock back a few and and. Oh, that, 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 that's the thing I most look forward to. Like any convention I've ever been to for a long period of time, the funny, the funnest time uh, yeah. is is after like the sort of the the hours that are set down and you have a, like a night of doing something. All the conventions yeah. I've been to, I've had the best time when you do that because you know you're in a room where you're with a bunch of people who are Trek fans, so you've got to know like like I've met you, and this has been yeah. this is a few months before it happens, yeah. and then and yet. And then you're like, look, look over to the bar and there's like, you know, in my case, like with Dimension Jumper Red Dwarf, there's like Robert Llewellyn and Craig Charles having a talk over there. And I'm going like, oh, I grew up, I grew up idolizing these people. And I'm like in a room having a, having a chat and a drink with them and, and like, they're like normal. And, and it, and it, and it and it's, isn't it interesting uh, that, that, that when you meet people that you have admired growing up, you think it's going to get rid of the appeal, you know, because they're, they're sort of on this pedestal that you've created. I argue the opposite. I actually think when you meet them and they're just as grounded and awesome and, and nice to you, yeah. I think it actually adds to the adds to it because, as I say, there's certain people I've met during doing this podcast where I've interviewed them and I went, "You're really not. You're, you're kind of almost spoiling what you're in." And I kind of have to like put it to one side and go, "Okay, I didn't yeah. enjoy meeting them, but I still like the show." Which is a yeah. shame. Whereas if you like them and you've met them, that I think it, it adds it adds even more credence to it. You know, it's like yeah, I watch I mean, Voyager I... now and go, "I'm going to keep me Garrett Wong in six months' time." <laughs> <laughs> He's um, really nice. I got a really candid interview with with uh, him. Yeah, uh, it was it was twenty minutes. It was off the cuff. I kind of went, "Garrett, twenty minutes. I'm I'm, I'm going to go in a minute." And he was on the way back to the hotel. And he went, "Yeah, I'll give you twenty minutes." And we literally just had a chat. And I, I've got it down on the site. Um, nice. And it's about those first few years. And it's about what he felt and how he, how it evolved and and, and what. Yeah, yeah, I've been speaking to feels. them behind the scenes. Like, I'm kind of hope, like, out of everyone that's there. I mean, because usually how we do in, in, in conventions is we'll do ten minute interviews and then uh, yeah. just crowbar them together. But if there's a chance, I could speak to Garrett for a, a podcast length, uh, even if it's like slightly shorter than we usually do. I mean, because we do like an hour to two hours, depending on yeah. uh, depending on who we have. And if I if I could get that to happen, because I'm planning on being there the whole time, so um, yeah. I'm hoping like um, that we can sort of organise that he can that we can do it. But yeah, out of everyone, he's someone I'd, I mean. Whereas Wayne, who Wayne, my friend of mine, it was a DS9 fan, so he'd want to talk to Nana, Nana visitor. So I don't know. We'll see, yeah, we'll my, see what happens. My, my dad, I was like, Dad, 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 Nana visitor going. And he was like, Yeah, that's great. He went, but, but Robert O'Reilly's going. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> 
you're a really big fan of it. Fan of DS9 fan. You want that? And I was like, I can't understand it. He was like, oh, I really want to beat Robert. Oh, okay, what fine. happens? Yeah, what happens? happens? But yeah, um, cool. Uh, awesome. Uh, the yeah. awesome. Is there anything that we've not touched on that you want to mention or anything coming? Yeah, up I'm just wanna... gonna quickly the, the whole Voyager thing that you mentioned right at the beginning. Oh yes, I'm gonna... yes. Let's finish yeah, with that story. This, yeah, great. This is, this, is, this, is, this is in a nutshell. This. Okay, let me get a couple. So if we go back in time. <laughs> the mid-90s. Nine comes out, Voyager comes out. I'm a massive DS9 fan. My friend at school is a massive Voyager fan. Yep. So we swap videos every couple of weeks and give it. I therefore begin to hate Voyager because I'm a big DS9 fan. And it's kind of that rivalry. So we ended up having this rivalry. And I didn't really like Voyager. And you know what? In my brain, I never really liked Voyager. And I kind of didn't. I just watched it because I kind of watched it. And I borrowed the videos and I didn't like it. And, and it grew into that. And over time, of course, that kind of grows in your mind that you don't like Voyager. And Voyager's rubbish. And DS9 is the best thing ever. Is and then I rewatched it in the last six months, mm-hmm. and I think it's bloody awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you and, had the same and, uh, effect that I had DS9. And I love it, and I think that that Voyager is very. You know what? If it's if there's one series that is very misunderstood, apparently though Enterprise is the most misunderstood. But I really didn't get Voyager, and I watched it back now, and there are some classic episodes in there. There's Counterpoint in there. Gravity is a Counterpoint is just beautiful as an episode. Gravity with Laurie Petty, which I didn't ever kind of. Right, is superb. Year of Hell, uh, Year of Hell. There, it is two part. Absolutely I, genius. I love the Hirogen. So, yeah. so JG Hurts for me, he, he yeah. played a a, 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 a Hirogen in um, um, uh, some yeah, um, alongside the Rock, Jeffrey Coombs. Yeah. So can't wait. You know what? That was a the the, the whole Hirogen art to me is one of Voyager's greatest moments. Um, and and you're just Equinox, just amazing. Yeah, Living I with just watched because I'm on, I'm up to series five now. I just watched the night, which is season episode one, where oh, night, that, yeah. that, that confuses me because as I pointed out, I had a chat with Simon on Twitter where I was, I was tweeting him uh, a couple of nights ago, going now yeah. right, okay. So we have this whole thing of where uh, Janeway uh, has guilt, and it's of it's it's known yeah. in the first season because she's like, what have I done? We have made this decision. Yeah. To, to, to save this, to, to save these species, even though we're going to have 75 years at home. And then she kind of gets over that. And as you say, they they, they, they find every little anom- anomaly and kind of like, don't just, just head home and go, screw this, like a bit like what Chakotay has, of that bit where he yeah. almost mutinies and basically goes, why don't we just like, and go head there and, and screw everything else, you know? Um, and yet in night, because they enter a, 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 a part of space where there's no stars and they all go crazy because yeah. they're like, this is going to be two years of this and there's nothing to do. So all of a sudden she then locks herself in and then sorts of has this immense guilt that she can no longer can be captain of the crew. And that asks... That lasts all of half an episode. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame because it's, it's it's the later seasons where they kind of go, oh, we forgot to talk about this and we forgot to yeah. talk about that. They kind of drop them in. But but I think I mean you're up to a really great point. I mean you've got Timeless to come, you've got um, Blink of an Eye to come as well, which is the the, the one with um, Daniel Day Kim from from Lost. Yep. Um, when they do the planet in fast forward. Yeah. Which is amazing. And Voyager is the best conceptual Trek show there is. Yeah. They do so much stuff in it where they go, you know what? Let's just do this and see what happens. And. It's because there's a little surprised. framework, isn't it? Because DS9 Super. was on a space station, whereas Absolutely. they're on the Delta Quadrant where no one's explored, so they can just go, let's take this. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? They, they actually did do what the hell they wanted, and the later seasons are better because they could just go... Well, that, was something, that was something, before you go, I wanted to ask you, because we've touched on a number of different you know, species in regards to Star yeah. Trek. Obviously, Klingons, you mentioned yeah. Erosion, um, uh, Malon, because the Malon uh, just introduced in Series 5, that's uh, that's what I've got to look forward to, because they're, quite, uh, they're an all right race. Um, yeah yeah exactly yes um who refused to they refused to learn they refused to learn clive 
they're, they're like, it's not right. Like, yeah. You should learn that. Yeah, yeah. We don't In care. We don't, yeah. we don't care that we're killing people, and uh, it's my way of life. Like, uh, it kills me in twenty years, but it's how I make my money. What? <laughs> it's like, um, but yeah, you go. Um, but um, but yeah, um, I make the argument of because of one of the best films because I don't yeah. know I, I, his first contact in my eyes. You're going um, Borg, aren't you? Yeah, uh, yeah. I think the Borg's <laughs> the best, the best uh, incarnation. What do you think in terms of uh, sort of enemies of Federation? Um, so I'm writing a piece at the moment which is about the Borg. It's going to okay. be a two part piece. I'm interested to read it. Yeah, it's it's the way it's kind of turning out is I I think the Borg in in next gen are are superb. Mm-hmm. There's that mystery, that sense of wonder. We don't know what's going on with them. We don't understand what they are. And, and there's a lot of things we don't see really in Next Gen. We don't see assimilation. They only just kind of really touch on the fact that they start assimilating people after Best of Both Worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's a very strange and alien and really kind of strange. And, and did you know, and this is this is something I found out the other day, that if Season 2 had been 26 episodes of Next Gen, goes back to what we were talking about mm-hmm. right at the beginning, if Season 2 of Next Gen had been 26 episodes, then the finale of Season 2 would have seen the return of the Borg. Ooh. Oh yeah. There you go. That makes sense. So yeah. that would have happened. That would have happened because you had Q Who and then end of the season would have been the Borg finale. Ah, right. Um, but it didn't ha- didn't happen, got Michael Pillar in and I'm sure it became you know <laughs> best of both worlds. Amazing. Um for me, I I really like the Borg, but I just think that Voyager did them a disservice. Okay. To some degree. I think they they, they overexposed them, we learned too much about them. Yeah. And they had to develop lots of lots of offshoots. They had to develop, develop Unimatrix Zero. They had to develop the kind of queen into a different role than she was in first contact. They had to really expand the Borg a lot more than than I would have appreciated. And I think they, they did too Fair much point. to them. I also I, think as well, having a species that that kept, that were far more powerful than them kind of got rid of the 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 scariness of them, you know, when the first cube comes yeah. up against the enterprise you're like you know you're crapping yourself because you're like wow what are these guys and they you can't stop them yeah. and now you've got a species that has one ship that's killing a bunch of <laughs> yeah. killing a bunch of cubes and you're like i'm kind of not that bothered about the borg now because there's this new species that are literally kicking their ass and they try yeah. and get around that by saying that the borg started it but even so you know you still Throwing stones in the playground. Yeah. yeah exactly yeah, yeah I, I i like the borg i just think the voyage yeah it's a fair point um, personally, I'm a big fan of the Dominion. I, I think the Dominion, oh, yeah. the, the structure, the idea of the structure there of an anti-federation yeah. is kind of, hang on, it's so obvious that it, 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 it's, it's screaming at you from the beginning that there had to be an anti-federation in there somewhere. And, and the way that they're structured, the founders, the, uh, the Vorta, and then the Jem'Hadar, and each of them has that, that status and what they do within society. And the, 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 the genius of the, the cloning of the Vorta and the building in of the, the Odo backstory in there, and the, the Gem Hadar and the Capture White addiction, and and just I, I can't fault. There's the, the abandoned was the only story I think of the Gem Hadar that I kind of went mm, I'm not a great fan. But even then, when, when, hey, like, this is my big thing is with with the Borg. They tried to humanise the Borg and I, I Borg. Oh, they're all really lovely. They're actually really individuals, and we should all really love the Borg. They tried to do that with the Gem Hadar, but because the Gem Hadar are bred just to fight, of course, you get the abandoned where they kind of went. I'm just going to fight anyway. Whether whether you want me to or not, I'm still going to fight because it's what I'm told to do. I'm built that way. I can't change. Yeah. And it was great that DS9 kind of went, you know what, You could the board could change, but these guys, there's no way hell they're yeah, going to change. Yeah, that was they're a good episode. Be, I remember that, yeah. They're always going to be, e- not evil, but they're always going to be there for the water to use to so fight. So you, were you not bothered but, at all? So you weren't bothered at all by the, because uh, I know that there's some 
DS9 fans that didn't like the fact that it was like solely about the Dominion War after a certain period of time. Are you bothered by that? Because it's kind of became no. a sort of action-packed, um, sort of a bit cra- of a crazy show, whereas it was kind of story-driven on the station, and it became a you know sort it's, of more outward di- outward series then. It still is story driven, even in those later series, yeah. and we have some really great twists. The removal of the station from in the first six episodes of season six is, is just flipping I like, genius. I love that. Yeah. I know. What? Okay, we're gonna we've got this really big element that is the that is the story, and we're just gonna take it away. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the introduction of things like Defiant and, and the changes that went into to making it more warlike. Yeah. Okay. So it took it away from that more optimistic side, but that was kind of the point of DS9 was that it was putting that optimism of the Federation, that perfect society in conflict with something that we didn't know and bringing that, that whole Gamma Quadrant side into it, which was a complete opposite of what the Federation was and seeing how that conflict worked and, and the escalation is brilliant. And that, you know, that, that point in call to arms where they kind of go, well, you know what, we've done everything else and, 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 and we've, we've exhausted all of the, the optimistic op- options. The war is, is really all that's left. We're going to end up fighting these guys. <laughs> exactly. War is, war is our, you know, maybe that war is our only hope. Yeah. And, and, you know, we have that conversation where it's Wayun and Cisco in the room and they're talking to each other and both of them are basically going, I'm going to kick your ass mm-hmm. and we're going to have a fight here. But they're both going, ah, you know, diplomacy is really, really important. And, and, and you just know at the end of the conversation, they basically go, we're going to war mm-hmm. and that's it. And, and there's so many levels to the conversations and things. And it's things like one of my favourite bits of DS9, one of my favourite moments of track overall is that final bit in Call to Arms where Ducat sits down at Cisco's desk and there's the baseball on the desk and he just knows it's a message. And it's one of those things I always come back to because I just That's love great, it. I remember I love that, it. Yeah, he says, great, he says yeah. it's a message. Uh-huh. And the fact that we have that, that, that twist at the end of the following year where he takes the baseball with him. Uh-huh. And it's just... The, 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 so That's again That's how they built that character. The, the, the character that they built there and... and it's still story driven. It's still character driven. Not all of that. That final two years is is about the war. It's about this character. It's about how the war's affected them. It's about the stories that they 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 drag in there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, just a magical series. Magical series. I could we could we could do an entire three hours. Oh on god, we could. Yeah, I was yeah. say yeah, we really do need to wrap this up because I said ten minutes ago we were done. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So, this is cool. Sorry. As you can tell, we're gonna have a lot. We're gonna have a lot <laughs> to talk about at FCD events. Uh, as we touched on, for those that don't know what we're talking about, FCD events. Uh, is uh, FC, uh, FCD uh, 2016. If you go yeah. and type it into Google, you'll find it. Um, uh, and it's a Star Trek convention in Telford, uh, the first week of April and 2016. And uh, me and Clive are going, a bunch of other media outlets, um, and it's going to be awesome. And uh, we encourage you to check that out and to go because it's going to be great. Come and um, come along and talk Trek. You know what? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're going to be sat around, sat around doing Literally things. doing this, but over a pint. <laughs> yeah, I've got. I've. I've. There's something that that I'm that we are doing that. Um, can I can I talk about? Oh, stuff it. Why not? We're gonna do a video, and and Stephen, I hope you're gonna help me with What's this. What's a video? It's kind of something I want. <laughs> you made that sound like. You made that sound like we're I doing like the a, media a, guys to come involved video? with it. Yeah, okay. we're, we're gonna we're gonna get um, people who are going to the event to come and talk about their favourite moments, what they like oh, about cool. the event, and and, totally. and we're gonna put it all together as video, nice. and then we'll show it at the end of the, the final day as part of the closing or we're oh, hoping nice. to show it as part of the closing I don't know if I'm supposed to say that or not Will and David will kick my ass if I'm not but hey ah, okay. so it's if okay. you want to come and talk to Trek and you want to be on camera and you want to be part of the event and, and part of a record of what happened at the event then we're going to do that and, and I'm hoping that you'll, you'll kind of give me a hand with it as well. No, there you go. no worries. Yeah, no, that would be, that would let's, be let's work together on something. And, and we're, we'll probably, we're probably going to have, yeah, no, that would be, that would be awesome. Because one of the things I'm wanting to do, because I'm bringing a, my, my friend down who's going to like sort of help me produce everything, is yeah. um, 
I had this idea because I've done this before and I didn't do it like to, I didn't do it to a great standard. It was just, but I'm thinking now that we've, you know, cause this was like the first year where I, I think it was literally like the first couple of weeks that I started doing this, yeah. this. And I did this thing where I just on my mobile phone, I just like took myself um, recording me doing expo and me, it was just me traveling to expo and, and doing it. And this was like, I was on my own. This is the first time I started doing this. I didn't have a, a bunch of people to, to help me run it. Um, and, um, and yeah, I just thought that would be cool to do, especially with a bunch of people all traveling down together yeah. that we just do snippets of us going. So what do you think? Uh, you know, we're at such and such. And so yeah, I had this idea of that every now and again, you know, yeah. especially with us being there for the, the, the full amount of time is that like, we could just go around with a camcorder and uh, so yeah, no, if you want to yeah. help, help. Yeah. So that, we can do it. Awesome. I'm thinking we involve that into yeah. it and we can do yeah. it as a, as a nice piece that we like can do. Like a little give, montage. Give to, yeah. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah. And then we give it to, idea. we give it to a, See, they it's kind of their record and they put it on at the end as well and it's it's all i really just really hope we do what we said because i've done them uh at uk games expo there was a podcast mm. seminar that was really awesome like it was a media seminar but it was like podcast yeah. related and i think we all should really do that just to kind of um i think that's happening uh, yeah i, I hope so happened. because um because it's 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 something i i mean it's probably not just me that suggested it but i suggested just because the 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 conventions I've went to where people are like, oh, what's your podcast? Because you know the chances are they haven't heard of it, and um, you know so all they have it's just through something else. So yeah. they have the opportunity for me to kind of just say this is this because actually I'll say this now it might not happen, but the, what we're spending a great deal of time on towards the end of this year is as a web series that I've had in development for a great deal yeah. of time, and we're trying to get a, a period of time to get it to, to shoot the pilot. Um, and then uh, the idea is, if all goes according to plan, I need to obviously talk to the FCD event guys, is I may yeah. very well ask them if I can re have the Kickstarter start over that weekend, just to get, just oh. so then, um, just so then I can go around and say, we have this web series, it's just starting. It's a geek, it's going to be, it's a geek TV series, but um, it's it, it, it has enough star trek about it you know with it being with it being you know a geeky kind of shows that um you know i'm yeah. ho hoping to get people interested in it and and i know people who've done kickstarter so that's a really good idea to do convention to to have your kickstarter cool. uh and it can in a thing so i'm hoping awesome. that that's well, uh, what we're going to be doing but um but yeah so anyway cool thank you so much for being on clive i do encourage people who are listening to this uh to go to some kind of star trek uh you can also follow them at the warp core on twitter um, and uh, yeah, I do encourage you guys to look. As 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 uh, Clive says, I'll hopefully be writing something for them on the blog, and he's yeah, going to so. be talking about Renegades on the site now, which he touched on earlier in the podcast. Yeah, we do have a look at that. Um, as you, as we said, we hope to see you at FCD events as well. You um, will. Uh, uh, I, I know you see me. I'm, I'm referring to the the, the, <laughs> audience, the, 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 over, the outer audience. Yeah, unfortunately, I'll be seeing Clive. I've got no choice. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> but uh, sorry about that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Damn it. Um, but yeah. So no. Uh, thank you so much to everyone who's checked out the the uh, podcast on Twitch right now, and all our on all our other affiliates. Um, uh, thank you so much indeed. And um, you can subscribe to this on iTunes. Uh, please do if you listen to this then. And obviously, there's a bunch of other Star Trek related podcasts. Uh, do have a look at that. We talked to the Engage guys. Actually, quick plug as well. We should mention because uh, right. uh, Engage was on it. Is that me and uh, Clive are going to be guests on an upcoming show of theirs as well yeah. on an Engage podcast, which I'm looking forward to. I had a lot of fun with those guys last time. A lot yeah. of fun. Yeah, really like, good. I, he was really um, Simon was really really nice. I'm looking forward to it, and I, I like his idea as well that he emailed us about. So that's that's going to be fun. Cool. Right. Okay. Thanks very much. I'll end the podcast like Pleasure. I always end. Uh, in the words of the great B movie, robot drugs crash and burn. 
And uh, we'll see you all again for another edition of the Geek Populist Podcast. Thank you so much, guys. And uh, I'll speak to you soon. Thanks, Kai. Take care, guys. Bye. You're listening to the audio version of the Geek Apocalypse Podcast, brought by yours truly, Mr. Resident Geek, Stephen Hesse. We are available on iTunes, as well on www.geekapocalypse.com. Broadcast live and exclusively from Newcastle, England, in good old UK. We also have a YouTube account, which is www.youtube.com forward slash geekapocalypse, where we'll be, we, we will be uploading all the videos from our podcast, as well as from Twitch. Speaking of Twitch, we are also just starting a Twitch account, which you can find at www.twitch.tv forward slash geekapocalypse, where you can follow us to find out all the streaming we will be doing on said site. Also, you can, if you want to know everything that we're absolutely up to, you can follow us on Twitter, which is at geek underscore apocalypse. Thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy being a geek.